Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. The Shack, An Implacable Man by Todd172 Tacos I looked over at Delaney. Tacos? She nodded gravely. It's Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. S.H. I glanced down at the dollar bill-filled pouch on the console that served as our swear jar in the truck. The only taco place near here is Taco Grande. She sat up straighter. Casa del Taco Grande. Best tacos in Virginia. Three cheese tacos, chipotle power tacos, cilantro lime tacos, beefy bean tacos, cheesy bean tacos. We ought to get the big taco samplers so we can try them all. Twelve amazing tacos. I winced when she cheerfully quoted their tagline. Ramon makes better ones at his food truck. And that damn place is always full of stoners. I hear you can order a dime bag of weed right at the counter. I know. It's called the Happy Happy Taco Special Dot. She grinned. Ramon is on the other side of the county. And you owe a dollar. For what? You said damn dot. That's not a fucking swear word. Ha! Damn it. Three dollars. She lit up gleefully. I'll put in a dollar. Damn doesn't count. Sherry had made that call for us, saying we needed to at least manage to keep enough money to buy food and gas. Sherry had no idea what Delaney was planning to use the money for, but she'd agreed to referee for us. Sherry's birthday was six months away. At the rate we were filling the swear jar, I was beginning to think Delaney was going to be able to buy her a new car. From the smirk on Delaney's face, I could see she'd gotten exactly what she'd wanted. She punctuated her victory with an irritating buzz from the circuit tester she was playing with. You're gonna run the damn batteries down. She snickered and gave another short buzz with it before stuffing it in her pocket that she'd come up with the idea of a swear jar. And I thought she'd lost her mind, but every time she cussed, she dutifully put in a quarter. She insisted my rate was a dollar, since I was an adult that I couldn't bitch about it too much. Hell, it was kind of my fault, anyway. I'd talked to a friend named Kurt who ran his own security services and training company down in Texas, figuring on making arrangements for Delaney to go down for a crash bang driving course in a few years as I'd promised her, and instead, he jumped on it immediately. An old teammate of ours, Tony, who occasionally did work for him, was getting married and he talked Kurt and his wife Katie into watching over his new stepdaughter while the happy couple went on a honeymoon. Delaney got to go to Texas for three weeks for what amounted to an abbreviated bodyguard training course, mostly driving, with some shooting and first aid, along with a couple of other girls about her age. Kurt based it off the training they gave to teenage family members in high-risk situations. Sherry and I had taken advantage of the situation ourselves. It wasn't really a honeymoon, but I'd taken her to Jamaica for a couple weeks. We got a little sunburned in some interesting places. When Delaney got off the plane in a black t-shirt with a cartoon drawing of a flipped-over burning car with three stick-figure girls dancing around it and the logo. Camp Mayhem. Drive it like you stole it. She was practically skipping that she'd fit in. All the time we'd spent working on cars and driving them around the lot, and the old quarry had really paid off. Probably for the first time in her life, she was the cool kid who could answer the questions every time. When they introduced the girls to the cars and told them to look them over, Delaney had promptly checked the tires, popped the hoods and climbed up to check fluid levels. She'd almost broken the evasion course record set by a professional driver. 
She helped me when I worked at the free clinic on Thursday evenings, so most of the first aid was pretty easy for her, too. Most of all, though, she'd made friends, real ones. Delaney called her Camp Mayhem classmates, Mackenzie and Tess, on a video call, every Thursday, to talk about whatever the hell it is that teenage girls talk about. They emailed back and forth, mostly pictures of cars, cats, and guns. She'd even brought home a picture of the three of them sitting on the crumpled wreck of a car and hung it up in her room. She'd also brought home the idea of a swear jar. Apparently, Kurt and Katie thought professional bodyguards and drivers should watch their language, so it was a tradition at the school. I was pretty impressed that she'd only had to pay in $30, until she admitted that she'd only had to pay a quarter each time. That sounded a hell of a lot more like her. When Delaney had put the swear jar out in the truck, she'd explained she wanted to use it to get Sherry something for her birthday, so I wasn't dead set against. It did seem to drain the cash out of my wallet regularly that I finally gave in. We both knew I would, since going to Ramon's would take another 45 minutes. I pulled the roll back into the parking lot and got out, while Delaney jumped down and bounced alongside me to the front door. The cashier, a pimple-covered guy with long fried bleached-out hair sticking out in all directions from under his cap, stared at us dazedly for a long moment, trying to figure out why on earth anyone would come into a restaurant. Then he shook his head and started. Welcome to, uh, welcome to. I sighed. Taco Grande. It's welcome to Taco Grande, and you are going to take our order. Hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, that. Dude. I rubbed the bridge of my nose. It's just a little early to be this baked, isn't it? Heh. Yeah. He grinned, then stopped as he tried dazedly to remember what we were talking about. Look, we'll take. I glanced down at Delaney who looked back at me hopefully. A big taco sampler and two large cokes. He punched at the register for a while, apparently randomly. I could see two guys in the back snickering, obviously just as stoned as he was. Uh, two, uh, big sombrero combos, right? Jesus, look. I was cut off by the loud buzz of the circuit tester in Delaney's pocket. I looked down at her sharply. She looked back up at me in pretend alarm. Your ankle monitor is going off. She peered anxiously outside at the parking lot, then looked up at the stoner. We should really get this to go. He stared at us both in shock for a moment, then spun and started grabbing handfuls of tacos off the warmer shelf and stuffing them in a bag. He shoved the bag at us with two large cups. That'll be, uh, five bucks? Offered Delaney helpfully. Yeah, uh, five bucks. Delaney giggled all the way out to the rollback. I watched her pull herself up into the cab. Did you enjoy that? She rolled her eyes. We'd have been there all day. Besides, she peeked in the bag. He must have put thirty fucking tacos in here. You owe a quarter, buttercup? Damn it. Just as we were pulling out, the sheriff's black and gold Tahoe pulled in. Delaney frantically rolled her window down and waved at him wildly. Get the big taco sampler. It's awesome. She suddenly fell back into the cab, gasping for breath between fits of laughter. Look, look at the back. I could see three red, green, and white-clad figures sprinting frantically from the back of the store, the blonde mop on the last one bobbing comically. We'd been back at the yard for almost an hour before the sheriff pulled in, eyeing me laconically for a moment, then shook his head at a near-comatose Delaney laying across the top of the right-side tool case on the rollback, a stack of taco wrappers on her chest. He got out and walked over and glanced at her as she groaned. What's with her? Taco-induced paralysis. Is that fatal? Not usually. The antidote seems to be a candy bar. Delaney opened one eye to peer at me in the hope that I might produce an actual candy bar. Huh. He leaned on the truck. 
You two see anything weird at Taco Grande today? Like what? Like something that might cause me to find an abandoned flooded restaurant. Flooded? I didn't see anything like that. Water was pouring out of the men's bathroom. Seems somebody tried to flush a kilo of weed down the toilet. Delaney tried to stifle a giggle, but it got out. The sheriff gave her a completely ineffective glare. It didn't help that she knew he had a soft spot for her. I shrugged. News to us. You'd think a taco joint would have a sturdier toilet than that. With all those beans and everything. It'd probably have helped if they'd have taken it out of the plastic bags. Delaney giggled again and rolled onto her side, then squawked her circuit tester. I sighed. The idiot with the blonde hair at the counter may have been under the mistaken impression that I had an ankle monitor on and that local law enforcement just might be looking for me. That's an oddly specific mistaken impression. He chuckled. It is, isn't it? Delaney pulled herself to a seated position with a tiny belch. I wasn't trying to get them in trouble. The sheriff tipped his hat back a bit. They aren't. I could roll up Mookie any time I wanted. It's just not worth the trouble. Mookie? Delaney brightened. Mookie. Burton Murkowski Jr. a.k.a. Mookie. Has a little trailer grow house off Route 19 in a little clearing at the end of the spur back by Copper Creek. Small-time pot grower, he likes to think of himself as the Robin Hood of weed. He doesn't cause any trouble, doesn't lace his shit with anything and doesn't sell to kids, so I just leave him alone. I understood, but Delaney stared at him puzzled. But if you know what he's doing and where he's growing stuff, I have more important things to spend resources on than a guy like Mookie. I get elected here to keep a peaceful community. If the state or the feds want to chase after him, that's their problem. He's pretty much harmless. Probably even does some good. Delaney looked doubtful. She knew my history with drugs and knew I stayed well away from them. The sheriff caught the look. You know Friendship Village? She nodded. The old folks' home. They'd prefer retirement community. There are a number of cancer patients out there. A lot of chronic pain. Some people swear by marijuana for that kind of stuff. Rumor has it that Mookie really believes in the healing power of weed and goes out there a lot, only takes token payments. I blinked. Maybe he wasn't a total loser. Really? Yeah. Let's just say if Mrs. Ramirez offers you a brownie, think twice before taking it. Good to know. So you're not arresting Mookie? Delaney raised one eyebrow comically. Nah, he's harmless. He'll probably hide out a couple days in his grow trailer waiting for the DA to bust his door down, then go just back to work. His uncle owns Casa del Taco Grande, so he has a hard time getting fired. We were still laughing when a stream of black SUVs poured into the yard with police lights. Half a dozen state police officers swarmed the yard, guns out, with a couple plainclothes agents directing them. I held my hands up cautiously. I was pretty sure that I hadn't done anything lately that warranted a shootout. Delaney followed my lead with a cautious sidelong glance that earned a nod from me. Point one of the plainclothes guys walked straight to me. He barely gave a glance at the sheriff. He looked like a stiff necked prick. Lester Dawes? That's me. You're wanted for questioning in the attempted murder of Mrs. Charlotte Morris. I fucking wish. I grimaced and squeezed my eyes shut for a second. Shit, you said attempted, didn't you? God damn it. Two of the uniforms opened the trailer, and I looked at the sheriff. You see a search warrant? Not yet. He glared at the guy who'd addressed me. Mind telling what you're doing here and maybe showing a little fucking professional courtesy? Special Agent Stein, Virginia State Police. I have a stop and hold for Lester Dawes. His ex-wife was shot four times in her home last night, 
and we have reason to believe he was present. I raised an eyebrow at the sheriff. He knew damn well where I'd been. Just like every Thursday night, I'd been at the free clinic with a dozen witnesses, including two of his deputies who'd brought in a vagrant for treatment. I shook my head. I really wanted to see what was going on, what Charlotte was accusing me of this fucking time. Maybe I could get her tossed in jail for a change. The sheriff went along with me. Well, Special Agent Stein, how about we walk over there for just a bit and have a discussion? Or do want me to call every deputy in the county over here right now, maybe get on CNN? Stein scowled irritably then looked over at one of his men. Give me a second. Cuff them. Delaney's eyes narrowed and she tensed as one of the police stepped towards her. The sheriff glanced between her and me. Wait a fucking minute. Do you have a stop and hold on her too? No, but Jesus Christ, she's fourteen. You don't have a stop and hold for her, she doesn't appear to have done anything, and you're just going to roll her up? Fucking idiot. She stays with me and I'll get have Sherry come get her. For a moment Stein looked like he was going to do it anyway, and I braced myself, gauging the distance to Delaney as she tensed up. I wasn't sure what she was going to do, but I had a feeling everybody on the lot was going to get caught up in a real shitstorm in a few seconds. The sheriff pushed between Delaney and the approaching officer, holding up his hand mic. I mean it. This is about to end up all over the funny papers. He takes one more step. I'm putting out an emergency all call and this turns into a three-ring circus. Stein glared at him. You should be helping me out here, not putting your job in jeopardy. My job? I'm doing my fucking job. I don't work for the state. I work for the people of this county. And they take a damn dim view of me letting some asshole cart off a minor with no cause. The agent must have finally decided the sheriff was serious because he waved his officer back. From the seething hate in Delaney's eyes, I figured he'd just gotten lucky. We probably all had. I found myself secured in an interview room for the next few hours. Only the occasional deputy sticking his or her head in to check to see if I needed anything broke the monotony. At least it was monotony until the sheriff walked grimly in the room, letting the door swing shut behind him. We've got a problem. Before he could continue, Agent Stein slammed the door back open and stomped towards me and the sheriff. Where the hell is the little bitch? His voice was odd, probably because of the bloody paper towels he was holding up to his nose. Where's who? You know who it is. Delaney Morris. No idea who that would be. The girl we picked up this morning with you. You know damn well who I'm talking about. You mean my daughter? Delaney Dawes? He paused, gauging me for a second. Okay. Delaney Dawes. Not a fucking clue. Last time I saw her some asshole state criminal investigation division agent shithead that it be you was hassling her, and the sheriff here said he was going to call Sherry to come get her. I've been sitting here chained to a fucking table ever since. I looked at him. I'm guessing, from that fucking broken nose, you talked to her again. The sheriff put his hand on my shoulder. While I was trying to call Sherry, the agent here apparently thought he'd go and ask her some questions. Without me or Sherry there? Isn't that fucking illegal? I was going to ask her who to call if we couldn't reach this Sherry person. Agent Stein said it woodenly, just in case they were recording this. He knew nobody in the room remotely believed that line of shit. Sherry. And let me guess. You're gonna claim she just attacked you for no reason? He fell silent and the sheriff stared at him. The recorder wasn't on in that interview room. Deputy Hyatt let him in to see her under the impression he needed to get contact information from her, but insisted on the interview room door being open since Delaney is a minor. Which is why Deputy Hyatt still has a job. 
At some point during the questioning, something went wrong and the agent here ended up with a broken nose and missing car keys. I laughed out loud. Let me guess. The agent's car is now missing. The sheriff suppressed a grin. We pulled the tracker data and it led to the salvage yard, but we couldn't find it. The tracker data says it never left the yard. The agent glared at me. The little bitch must have turned off the tracker somehow. We'll find her. We have a statewide APB out. I shook my head slowly. You really pissed her off, dickhead. She was having a great day, and you just had to go and fuck it all up. She's got a real bad temper. I wouldn't bother with the APB on your fucking car. That car is state property. His attempt to sound important was kind of ruined by the broken nose nasal tone that I glanced over at the sheriff. Did the salvage yard smell like gasoline when you went back to look for his car? He nodded slowly. Yeah, real strong now that you mention it. I thought she might have spilled some putting gas in the car or something. She'd have been in a hurry, no time to drain the fluids or strip it like we're supposed to. We'll probably be fine for that. Agent Stein looked lost, but I could see the sheriff catch on. He started to turn red, trying not to laugh. He closed his eyes. Fuck. I chuckled and looked over at the agent. Hope you didn't leave anything important in your car, Cupcake. Stein was starting to look pissed. What the fuck are you talking about? Try looking in the car crusher, asshole. His eyes shot open. That little bitch. I leaned towards him as far as the cuffs would let me. Call her that one more time, asshole. Call my daughter a bitch again. Do it. One. More. Fucking. Time. He started to say something and thought better of it, pulling back and walking out. The sheriff looked at me. They've gotten a judge to sign off on transferring you, claiming the attack on your wife has some kind of jurisdictional precedence. They also say they found cocaine in your office trailer. The office trailer? First fucking good news I've had all day. Tell Sherry to get in touch with Tara and check the inside security cameras. He kept an eye on the door. I don't like this. Me either. I thought for a second. I thought this was Charlotte playing games, but now I'm not sure. Can you have your deputy search me and take all my clothes, issue me a set? Good idea. That way they can't arrange to find something on you later. I nodded. Delaney will probably head for Sherry, but she's not a fucking idiot. She sees a cop or anyone she doesn't know. She'll be a ghost. It took four hours for them to complete the transfer to the larger jail, and as soon as I arrived, I was processed in by a couple of correctional officers who did their job professionally and thoroughly. I was glad I wasn't carrying anything. The bigger CO stared at my arm. Somalia. Nigeria. Uganda. Kenya shit. What's wrong? The brown-haired CO looked from me to him. His tattoo. De Presso Liber. With deployment bars under it. He eyed me warily. Fifth group? Yeah. Medic. Thirteen years with group, seventeen years under Sockham. I did five years in Ranger Regiment. You're not going to make any trouble, are you? I won't go looking for it. He understood immediately. Shit. The other COs still looked confused. What? He's a medic, right? In special operations, that just means he knows how to sew you together after he fucks you up. He sighed. I'll get the word to the would-be hard cases to stay backed off if you promise not to start any shit yourself. I'll keep to myself. I just want to be left alone. I'd arrived just in time for lunch. I sat alone, eating a very forgettable beef stew, just warm enough to not fully congeal in a slice of bread. The orange, safety spork, probably tasted better. A couple of prisoners at a table not too far from mine slowly got up and headed my way. 
from the North County Wild Boys tattoos on their necks, I figured at least it wouldn't be a boring discussion. The big NCWB gang member sat down across from me, the smaller one sat next to him. They both kept their hands open on the table. I just stared at them. The smaller guy squared up. We ain't involved. Involved in what? Words out you're worth ten grand dead. Sounds kinda low. Almost insulting. Yeah, that's what we thought. We're out. We wanted to make goddamn sure you to know that. We told the others to stay out of it, too. You kill more fucking people than Glock. Ten grand ain't near enough. Good to know. He started like he was going to get up, then paused. We was supposed to be at the welding shop that day, but we got rolled up three days before. Lucky you? Yeah. We're talking it as a sign. We're out of that business, all of it. Then I'm probably not interested in you. He looked down at the table. If anybody tries for the ten, they're freelancers. Everybody got the word to stay away, but some people are just stupid. He started to get up and I held my hand up. You wouldn't know who Manny was planning on selling the girl to, would you? He shook his head. Manny didn't tell nobody shit. All I know is he was planning on taking her to Richmond. You find out, you let me know. It'd go a long fucking way to making sure I forget about you. They walked back towards the table where they'd come from. It was Sunday night before anyone decided to take a shot at the ten grand. I was eating alone again, when the smaller NCWB gang member caught my eye from across the room and glanced meaningfully at a couple of skinny meth heads at another table. I gave a single nod. After I dropped my tray off, I casually headed over towards the corridor outside the jail laundry. It was the only place I'd seen with no cameras, and the lighting was pretty bad. I leaned against the wall and waited until they hurried around the corner after me. I hammered the bigger guy down before they had a chance to realize how bad they'd fucked up. I caught the smaller one and threw him against the wall, the back of his head ringing off the tile. A badly sharpened toothbrush handle clattered to the floor. I hefted him up the wall a bit. Problem with some people is that they have no survival instinct, no sense of self-preservation, you know? I blame streetlights. All that light out there, some people have just forgotten why they should be afraid of the dark. He started to say something, eyes rolling in panic, but I slammed my fist into his gut and dropped him to curl up on the floor gagging for air. I sighed. People with any sense, they'd ask themselves, why is everybody staying the fuck away from that guy? After all, they'd think, there has to be a reason. But you too? No, you don't get it. No survival instinct. See? I glanced back down the hallway. The good news is that I think I can fix that. They say just one really traumatic experience can make you reassess your whole approach to life. He cringed as I shook my head sadly and reached down to grab his collar. This is for your own good. Really. Monday morning was anticlimactic. Tara had pulled strings to get to the state attorney general's office and their internal affairs office chief to sit down with her first thing in the morning and go over some interesting video. Agent Stein had seen the outside cameras but hadn't considered that I might have in-wall internal cameras in the trailer, especially not ones that fed to cloud storage that Tara could get to without going into the Kordanoff's salvage yard. I'd put the cameras in when we moved to the cabin mostly in case some of the local douchebags broke in to steal something. I wish I could claim foresight, but honestly, the shit was on sale. It worked well to catch Agent Stein in the act of planting the drugs.ny appearance before the judge lasted long enough for the state to drop hurriedly drop charges and offer an apology. Tara was stuck at the internal affairs office so that they could go through the process of transferring copies of the video to state I with proper chain of custody for Stein's eventual prosecution. On the bright side, I at least had a ride. 
The state had arranged for a taxi to get me back to the sheriff's department. The sheriff was waiting at the station when I arrived. I nodded to him. Thanks for relaying that info to Tara and Sherry. Let's get this over with. I need to get out there and find Delaney. Yeah, about that. The sheriff pushed open a door marked. Patrol officers only. Delaney jumped up from a lounge chair. Finally! I glanced around. My old sleeping bag was laid out on a cot in one corner of the room, with Delaney's blanket and pillows from home. How long have you been here? She grinned wickedly. Since about an hour after I busted that asshole's nose. He kept saying you weren't my real dad. The sheriff sighed. She came right in the vehicle bay door and hid in here. Found her after we transferred you. I didn't trust that the agent, so we let them look all over the state. I couldn't even get in to see you to tell you. Since those blankets are from home, I guess Sherry knows, too. Sherry was already here with Delaney when we found her. Delaney smirked and pointed to the phone on the wall. I called her and told her what was going on. Sherry walked into the lounge looking entirely too smug. Y'all about ready to leave? I got the truck outside, kinda taking up extra space and Don wanna get ticketed. I shook my head, chuckling and she stepped over for a kiss. The sheriff nodded at Delaney. Be a good idea to get you out of here. And take those damn poker cards. I think Deputy Hyatt owes you twenty candy bars by now. Twenty-three, and she better not think she can cheat me on those. She won't forget. He looked over at me. I'll be right back, got your personal effects to give to you and I need you to sign for them. As soon as he stepped out, Sherry looked up at me. Do you think this is about Delaney? I think so. I cut off as the sheriff stepped in and handed me a stack of forms and a pen. He handed my bag of stuff to Sherry. I sat down and started in on the form. Delaney finished getting her stuff together and sat down across the table, looking at me eagerly. So how was it? Do you have any cool prison gang tats? Did you get to shank a child molester for a pack of smokes? I was only there for three days, and you know I don't smoke, Delaney. I looked up at Sherry standing next to me. Do you think it's too much fucking caffeine? I mean this can't be normal, can it? Delaney, almost bouncing in her chair, ignored my comment and Sherry's quiet laugh. Come on, something cool had to happen. The sheriff shook his head slowly. Jesus, you two are weird. He sighed. Not my jail, not my problem. I'd have stuck your ass in solitary if they'd have kept you here. I'm not stupid. The C.O.S. over there informed me that two prisoners were severely injured, consistent with being badly beaten by someone who really knew what they were doing. Both prisoners oddly insisted they'd tripped and fallen down the stairs. Oddly? Sherry raised one eyebrow. He nodded. There are no stairs anywhere near where they were found. And they weren't capable of crawling, much less walking. Sherry narrowed her eyes at me but at least it was half playfully. That'd make it a lot harder, wouldn't it? I shrugged. Delaney grinned. I knew it. The sheriff put his hat down on the table. Christ. I don't know if you're setting a bad example for her or she's a bad influence on you. Sherry dropped her arm over my shoulders. He can't help it none. He's fallen in with a couple uppity women. I reached over and gave her but a squeeze. My favorite kind. She bumped my shoulder with her hip. Don't you forget it. Delaney winced dramatically and screwed up her nose. You. Get a room. Sherry gave me a pensive look as we walked out to her truck. I saw a little brown car parked out front of the yard Saturday and Sunday. There was at least one guy in it, kept ducking down whenever someone drove by. You know what kind of car? Is Rust a kind of car? It was a little two-door hatchback of some kind. 
Old, I mean I'm not sure if it was primer brown or just completely covered in rust. Probably need a tetanus shot to drive it. I didn't want to get too close. I figured you'd want to have a talk with them. Doesn't sound like gang members. Delaney smirked. It could be that fucking asshole cop. I hear he lost a car. Yeah, we need to talk about that. I was trying to be serious, but when Delaney shot me her version of puppy eyes, I sort of started snickering. It didn't help that Sherry promptly broke down laughing. I tried to regain the upper hand. You owe a quarter. Sherry shook her head. I had to suspend y'all's swear jar thing. When I got to Delaney at the station, she told me what happened and, since she'd be paying out her whole salary for the next twenty years if she held to it, I put it on hold. Just till this thing, whatever it is, is over. Delaney looked warmly at her. Tiffany and Tara met us at the cabin just a few hours later. You need to be careful. Stein got tipped and disappeared. They didn't give me any details, but they seem to think he's headed out of the country. Tara shook her head slowly. I'm not sure I believe that. The stop and hold on you wasn't valid. It was supposedly signed off on by Judge Knowlton, but he says he never issued it and says somebody hacked into the system somehow. His clerks are all backing him up, but that system doesn't connect to the internet anywhere. It's practically impossible to hack into. I thought about that for a second. Sherry beat me to the question. How many years does Stein have as an agent? Tara looked thoughtful. Seventeen years. That'd be an awful lot to risk throwing away. I sat up a bit. A judge and a special agent. I thought about the ten thousand that had been put on my head. And some others. That's a lot of influence. Tara looked over at Tiffany for a second. This might really be related to Mother's shooting. She looked back at me. She was shot in the back four times with a nine-millimeter handgun, and the study was searched. Sherry put on a concerned face, obviously for the sake of Tara and Tiffany. Is she going to be okay? Tiffany answered. She's not completely out of the woods yet. We need to worry about secondary infections, but the surgeries went well and she's more than holding her own. Christ. They probably didn't know they had to use silver bullets. Or garlic. Or silver bullets tipped with garlic, maybe a wooden stake. Stop that, Les. Sherry turned so only I could see her face and gave me a wink. She still managed to keep her tone serious. I could have warned them, if they'd have asked. I sunk back into the chair and stared at the ceiling. I caught my breath. Has she said what the fuck is going on? Tiffany twisted her mouth. She says she's just too weak to talk about it and can't remember anything anyway. Bullshit. Tara nodded her agreement with my assessment. She's hiding something. I looked over the study after the police pulled out, but I couldn't find anything. I can't open the safe and Mother says she can't remember the combination. Delaney, laying on the windowsill, tracing patterns on the glass, looked over suddenly. Unless she changed it after I left, I can open it. I can't tell you the numbers, but I can do the pattern. I thought she changed it after you opened it to get Dad's gun. Tara eyed Delaney. She did, but they worked so hard to ignore me all the time they forgot I was there. It was like being invisible. She stopped for a second. I was thinking of taking the money in the safe and running away, but running away hadn't worked out so well the first time. I needed to go somewhere I was wanted. She settled back onto the sill. Tiffany chuckled softly. God, she hated that. She tries to hide it, but it still eats at her every day. She'd rather you join the Manson family, or a cult or something. A look between anger and sadness flickered across Sherry's face. Lord forbid Delaney ends up with a family that loves her, huh? Yeah, I know. Tiffany looked at the floor. 
I don't know why she's that way. When we were little I know she really cared. Maybe it was the money. She looked helpless. I don't know. Delaney sat up, her face suddenly tight. I don't give a fuck. I know where I belong. I'm never going back. She hissed it furiously. Tara held her hand out cautiously. We know. And you're right. Even if something happened to Dad, Sherry has guardianship. I set the papers up and made Mother agree to it. She looked over at Sherry. I hope you don't mind, but I just don't trust Mother anymore. You and Dad just have to sign them. Sherry was beaming. We'll never have to use it, but of course I don't mind. She belongs here. Delaney looked like she was having trouble breathing but finally settled silently into a crooked smile that I nodded. You might have trouble if Charlotte contests it. She's on a lot of painkillers. If she does, the whole truth about Charles will come out. I'll make sure of it. She knows it. Tara's face was painted in anger. The next morning, we met Tara at Charlotte's ridiculously oversized McMansion. Delaney and I had caught a glimpse of the car Sherry had described when Sherry dropped us at the yard to get my Mustang. The little brown car turned out to be a 1973 Ford Pinto, and it was almost impossible to believe it was actually running. I had rusted hulks on the lot that looked like they were in better shape. We didn't get a chance to hunt it down because we promised to meet Tiffany and Tara at Charlotte's house, but we knew what to look for. Tara let us in, grinning. Mother would have a fit if she knew you were here. I stepped in past her. You'd think she'd want people to figure out who the hell shot her in the back. She'd rather die than let you help her, Dad. Believe me, I'm not trying to help her. I'm just trying to protect Delaney. Delaney walked right into the study and slid open the panel that covered the wall safe. I glanced around, trying not to smile when I thought of the last time I'd been in the study. The day that Senator Charles Morris had decided to eat a bullet rather than go to prison for trying to murder his own daughter, though he didn't see her that way. It made the world a slightly better, slightly cleaner place. Delaney managed to open the safe on the first try, turning back to us with a smug smile. Tara stepped over. Three thumb drives and a stack of paperwork. I started sorting the paperwork while she fired up her laptop and started trying out the thumb drives. Bills. A couple overdue notices. A ledger for a CNM consulting dot. I began sorting it more carefully. Chuck's death must have really shaken her up. The overdue notices are all from just after that. Jesus, that's a lot of money. Just what does that pool service do for her? I was about to make a pool boy, crack but stopped when I realized Delaney was listening intently. Tara raised one eyebrow but stayed focused. The thumb drives are encrypted. I'll have to get the passkey from mother. Any recent overdue bills? Looks like it's all caught up. Damn, that woman spends a lot on spa treatments. Yeah, I remember her saying that a senator's wife has to look the part. Look the part of what? High Queen Empress of the fucking galaxy? Delaney snickered but just kept poking around the office. Tara sat up and closed her laptop. People have different priorities. Charlotte's priority is always Charlotte. Tara nodded. Yeah, it is. At least it has been since she met Charles. That fucking Pinto is behind us. Delaney kept looking forward, just shifting her eyes to glance in the mirror. The lesson she'd learned at Camp Mayhem had sunken all the way to her bones. Do you think it's that Stein asshole? Not a fucking clue but I'm done fucking around and waiting for someone else to do something. We're going to find out who it is. He's hanging back too far. When I round this corner, you slide over and take the rollback half a block down, stop, then put the disco lights on. She released her seatbelt and braced herself, ready to slide along the bench seat and take my place. 
I waited until I was even with a large tree and popped the door. We'd done this dozens of times, picking up Rex. I dropped out the door and Delaney, half-standing, shifted over and took the wheel. She could barely reach the pedals, and could still drive better than most of the guys out there. I stepped behind the tree, pulled my 1911, and waited while Delaney took the roll back a precise half-block, stopped and put the emergency lights on. For a second I thought the Pinto had turned off, but it eventually crept up and came to a shuddering stop about fifty yards back from the truck. As I walked up, I could see the back of the driver's head as he nervously peered forward. I walked up and tapped on the window of the car with the butt of my gun. I expected a bit of shock, maybe a hasty apology, or stammering excuse. Pretty much anything but what happened. And wires nearly blew out with his high-pitched shriek, and the car screamed backwards with no warning at all. I barely danced back in time to keep from getting gutted by the mirror. The Pinto bounced over the curb backward into the ditch and flipped up, standing up on end, wheels spinning. I just stared at it for a minute as Delaney sprinted up beside me to look inside. Jesus, what did you do? Knocked on the window. She cocked her head sideways and looked at the driver frantically clawing at his seatbelt. Mookie? Mookie sat nervously between us, glancing back over his shoulder at the Pinto on the back of the rollback. I looked him over. What the fuck is going on, Mookie? Why are you following us? I... I mean... I'm not following. Delaney punched his shoulder with her bony little fist. Cut the crap. It's been a rough week. He may just shoot you, but I fucking swear I'll stab you in the nuts if you don't answer. She pulled a screwdriver out of the glove compartment and shook it in his face that he looked at me. Then, finding no support, he slumped in misery, hands crossed protectively over his groin with one eye on Delaney. I'm just... Trying to get my shit back. What shit? He went silent until Delaney waved the screwdriver at him. Seed. I accidentally gave you a half pound of prime seed. Gave? I freaked out and grabbed the wrong bag, stuffed the tacos into it, and gave it to you. The shit was taped in the bottom. I was storing it in the cooler at work and was about to take it home. I shook my head. You're gonna have to buy more seeds somewhere, dumbass. We tossed that bag a week ago. We don't keep fast food bags in the truck. He looked shattered. Where? Look, it's probably in a land filled by now. Wherever the trash pickup dumps stuff. For a moment, I thought he was going to cry. I can't buy more. You can't buy this stuff at all. It wasn't just seed. It was G13 seed. Delaney gave a dramatic sigh. The stuff is bad for you anyway. I've been sparking up since I was 12 and it hasn't hurt me at all. Delaney stared at him in disbelief. Jesus. You actually think you're fucking normal? Rather than let Delaney go down that pointless road, I asked a question I knew I was going to regret. What the fuck is G13? It's like, the best shit ever. The CIA developed it. It's pure magic. Lots of people sell shit they say is G13, but this was really it. My cousin worked in a lab at the University of Mississippi, and she smuggled it out. I put new stuff in my trailer, even put on a better door. I wanted to protect it. Have her get more. She died, man. They said it was a car accident, but I don't know. CIA, you know? Delaney rolled her eyes. Paranoid much? He looked over at her. You don't get it. This shit cures cancer. It really does, Janice heard them say so. That's why she got some seed out of there and gave it to me. A couple of suits came by asking if Janice had sent me anything, said they had a reward for it. I told them I didn't get anything. So you can save mankind? I chuckled. I was gonna grow it for seed, give a bunch of it out. That's the righteous thing to do. 
The suits out there just want to make money. We pulled into the Taco Grande parking lot and I shut the truck off. Can't help you, unless you want to dig through thousands of acres on one of those landfills. Delaney opened her door, suddenly stopped, and looked at me past Mookie. What if we still had the bag? I shrugged. He could have it. I don't want anything to do with it. She wrinkled her nose pensively. I think we may still have it. What? I saved the last two tacos from Mrs. Edwards' basset hound. You hate Mrs. Edwards? Yeah. I saved two cheesy bean tacos. I thought about the effect of a cheesy bean taco on an aging basset hound's digestive system. You really hate Mrs. Edwards? She nodded, hopped down and opened the right side toolbox, pulling out a ragged bag. You mice got the tacos. Which is why we don't keep food bags in the fucking trucks, Delaney. She tore the bag apart until she found a neatly folded plastic package that had been taped into the bottom of the bag. The mice got into this a little too, just a little though. She pointed at a chewed off corner. Mookie stared at the bag in wonder. That's it, see the University of Mississippi sticker on it. I looked it over, just some laboratory standard batch information, and strain G13, in marker letters on the corner of the label. There was no University of Mississippi logo, just Hackman Pharmaceuticals, neatly written at the top. Delaney studied it, sounding it out as best she could. She looked at me quizzically and I shrugged. Big companies give research grants to universities all the time. It costs less than doing it themselves. An agriculture project like this takes space, and the university might be able to get permits to grow stuff a company couldn't. Weird. I pulled his pinto off the rollback. Other than a broken taillight it had come through okay. Delaney watched him in amusement as he reverently taped up the corner of his precious cargo with some electrical tape from the toolbox. When he finally walked over to go to work, he had a definite spring in his step. Or maybe he just had to pee. Delaney watched him and giggled. I looked at her warily. No. No what? Just no. We can't keep him? Our very own drug dealer? Jesus, no. He ain't exactly Scarface. He'd hurt himself with a fucking water gun. She snickered as we watched him walk in the front door, finally pulling it open after trying to push it first. We stared at the single wide we just managed to get into the lot. It was the last thing we'd pulled off the abandoned property that the county had paid us to help clear. Six vehicles, four refrigerators and a water heater tank that had all been dumped there. The mobile home had been left behind a couple of years earlier. It was in better shape than I expected it to be. What are we doing with this? Delaney looked over the trailer. Sell it. It's thirty years old, but somebody will probably want it if we deliver it. It's not in bad shape and it'll make somebody a decent little home. We don't have to charge a lot. We got it for free, so anything is a profit. That's kind of neat. Delaney had a different idea of what was neat in a house, but obviously, the idea of a little house for someone who couldn't afford more than fit the bill dot we walked up into the office, and Delaney picked up her helmet and pulled it on. You want the jalapeno dog? Maybe a ham roll this time. Shake it up a bit. I'll head over there in a couple of minutes, I just have to finish the quarterly report. I sat at the little desk in the office and started painfully tallying up numbers. She snapped the chin strap. I'm taking the alley behind the sheriff's department. Stein may still be out there. I agree with Tara on him. He had to have serious incentive to try what he did. She nodded. I won't take any chances. Less than twenty minutes later I was at the sheriff's office, watching Sherry calm an alternatingly horrified and furious Delaney. That fucker destroyed my moped. I'd seen it on the way in, 
All that was left was a mangled red and white heap of metal, half shoved under the fence around the department. Delaney had repeated herself a half dozen times, getting a little calmer, as the adrenaline shakes started slowing down. The tears in her eyes were more from fury than fear, though. The sheriff came in and sat down at his desk. We already found the F-150. It was stolen in Richmond last night, and one of my guys found it abandoned a couple miles out of town. I have guys out, but... He held his hands up. Delaney sucked in her lower lip for a second and blew out a long breath. The driver was a big muscle guy. It wasn't Stein. He was waiting in the auto parts store parking lot. Just... She slapped her hands together. Like that. I have the video here. He pulled it up and we walked around to look over his shoulder. We watched the grainy video. Delaney on her moped carefully riding along the fence. Then the truck erupting onto the screen at full speed catching the moped and raking it along the fence for a dozen yards dot he stared at the screen. That wasn't an accident. And it looks like the truck was sitting here for at least an hour and a half, waiting. Sherry pulled Delaney in tight. How did you even? The sheriff backed it up, ran it slowly and we watched Delaney kick free of her moped and roll under the front bumper of the truck, let it pass over her and throw herself under the damaged fence, dashing towards the camera. Delaney shivered. I don't even remember doing that. She looked over me with a weak smile. At least I didn't pee myself. She paused. I need to go to the bathroom. Sherry went with her, refusing to relinquish her hold, even for a second dot I looked at the sheriff silently dot he grimaced. Fuck. I get it. You do what you have to do, but try to keep it out of my house as much as you can. Do you have any idea what the hell this is about? Not a goddamn clue what started it, but it's obviously about Delaney. Sherry tight-lipped and grim led Delaney back into the office. Less. I think you need to call Tiffany and tell her you have to have word with your ex-wife. This all started the same time she got shot. I couldn't argue with that. We walked in past a pair of nurses checking the heart and oxygen monitors attached to Charlotte by tubes and wires. Charlotte took a slow breath and looked steadily at Sherry. I don't want her here. I shrugged. Want in one hand and shit in the other, see which fills up faster, Charlie. I noticed Sherry give me a slightly jaundiced look, but there was a hint of a smile. What is she doing here, anyway? Sherry gave her a patently fake smile. I'm just here to keep less from giving in to his baser reflexes. Like maybe smothering you with a pillow. Charlotte looked over at me. I don't feel comfortable with her here. She used to be an exotic dancer, you know. She said it a bit triumphantly like it was supposed to shock me. I looked over at Sherry. An exotic dancer? Really? Sherry shrugged. Don't know about exotic. I was born less than fifty miles from here. She screwed her face up a bit. Not really much of a dancer either, really, but nobody seemed to mind as long as I got the girls out. I nodded solemnly. Yeah, I can see that. Charlotte realized I already knew and stared at me hatefully. Strippers are whores. Everybody knows that. Sherry leaned forward with a saccharine smile. It'd probably be best if you just stopped talking for a bit. Or what? Charlotte rolled her eyes. Or nothing, honey. Just trying to help you out. Really? See, I was dancing to pay off a court fine. I got myself in trouble smashing up the truck of a cheating asshole boyfriend. Spent three months in county lockup, then had to pay a $3,000 fine. It was a brand new truck. Charlotte's face fell as she grasped Sherry wasn't hiding anything from me. Sherry noticed but drove on. That was a lot of money and the judge don't have a sense of humor if you don't pay the fine. I had to do something. 
But that's not important part for you. Charlotte's patience was clearly running out. So what is important to me? Well, see, I was working there to pay the fine off, but most of the girls was working there to pay their way through college. She paused and I noticed the same glitter in her eyes she usually had when she drew a straight flush in poker. Nursing students, mostly. Charlotte took just a second to soak that and then looked over at the two nurses who'd been working on the equipment. The older nurse was looking at her coldly with narrowed eyes while the younger redhead was openly glaring at her. Oh. The older nurse straightened up. We'll just give you three some privacy. She nodded to Charlotte. I'm the day's shift nurse supervisor. You can just call me Jasmine Dot. She reached out and touched Sherry's shoulder. Nice to see you again, Candy. Be sure to say hey on your way out. I waited until they shut the door. You put an investigator on us? Not very fucking bright to put a private eye on me with everything Charles was involved in. Could have dragged you down on accident. Charlotte gave an exasperated breath. Just a computer background check on you and her. I did it after Delaney. Chose to go live with you, before Charles's unexpected death. I just wanted to be sure she'd be okay. I wasn't expecting you to kill off half of North Carolina. I wasn't responding to that, not in a room full of electronics. I changed the subject. So what the fuck is going on? Somebody shoots you. I get rolled up by a crooked cop on a bad warrant who seems awful interested in Delaney. The judge is connected to Chucky's old law firm. I may have inadvertently triggered something. She shifted uncomfortably. May have? You know Charles wasn't Delaney's father. A bad feeling soaked through me. So who was? I'm afraid I'm not certain. Jesus Christ, Charlie. Is this one or two guys an uncertain timing? Or are we talking half the Virginia Bar Association and I don't have eyes in the back of my head here? She sat up primly. We were entertaining a great deal at that particular period in time. Sherry raised one eyebrow at me and I could see her fighting the urge to ask Charlotte how she had the nerve to accuse anyone of being a whore. Fuck. I took a second to look out the window. So all real movers and shakers, guys that could help Chuck's fucking career, right? But it's been over fourteen years. Why would anybody do anything now? She sat silent, looking out the window. Charlie, what the holy hell did you do? She pursed her lips. You have to understand. The election campaign very nearly bankrupted us. We spent a great deal and even had to borrow money. Charlie. I may have let a few men know that I would appreciate some assistance in supporting their daughter. She said it quickly, spitting it out as if that would keep me from understanding it. Charlotte had never so much as offered a dime to help with Delaney. Not that it I'd have taken it. We stared wordlessly at each other. Fuck. You were blackmailing lawyers and judges? Not blackmail. I was just looking for a little help re-establishing my financial security. I have to maintain some standard of living. That CM consulting financial record, that was it, wasn't it? Your little game is going to get Delaney killed. There was at least a small flicker of guilt over that. I didn't think anyone would be that aggressive. They're respectable men and I was careful not to ask for too much. Respectable? Like Chuck? That fucker tried to have Delaney killed for votes and planned to whore Tara out at the firm just like he did you. She winced at that and I hoped there really was a recording device so she could relive that later. That's not relevant at the moment. Okay, then let's talk about relevant. Let's fucking forget about just how many guys you banged to give Chuck a fucking hand. Let's just narrow it down a bit from half the fucking population. How many of them could have influenced Judge Knowlton? Knowlton issued the warrant against me. I thought you said it was a bad warrant. He claims he didn't sign it 
and that one of the court clerks must have forged it. Nobody can prove shit, but I'm not buying it. She looked thoughtful. Just the senior partners, I suppose. Not Burns, he's gay. So Sharpton, Franks, and the Calloways. The Calloways? Father and son. They're both partners. So which one? I trailed off as she gave me a stone face. Jesus. Both, right? She nodded. Sherry looked at her. Oh, honey. Please tell me it wasn't at the same time. Of course not. Charlotte turned to me, away from Sherry. Over her back, I could see Sherry mouth the word, ho, and roll her eyes. The older Callaway couldn't be her father, though. It was only one time. He had prostate surgery shortly after that. We left as soon as we could, Sherry dragging me out. I suspect she caught me eyeing the extra pillow. I'd just come out from rearranging the battery shed and nearly tripped over Delaney. I wonder what that's about. Delaney had stopped rolling a worn-out tire to the tire stacks for a moment. If it had been any other teenager I'd ever met, it'd have been just an excuse to stop working, but Delaney worked as hard as possible just so she could get back to working on her car. The meticulous work of rebuilding the engine was almost weirdly fascinating to her. I followed her gaze. A black SUV was sitting just outside the closed gate, and a county sheriff's car was pulled up behind it. The deputy, probably Hyatt, from her lack of height, was talking with the driver, but she didn't have a ticket book out. He handed her something and she looked over it, stepping back toward the rear of the vehicle as she did IT. IT didn't look like a pleasant exchange, and we watched until the SUV drove away. The deputy turned like she was going to get back in her cruiser, but saw us and headed our way. I waved her over to the smaller gate on the sidewalk and we met her there. She shot Delaney a smile, but turned serious as she turned to me. Sir? What can I do for you? I have reason to believe the man in the black SUV was taking pictures of Delaney, but the camera SD card was pulled out, so I didn't have proof. With everything that's happened, I thought you should know. Shit, even if you did there isn't much you could have done about it. He had a gun. He's licensed as a personal security guard. With everything that's happened, I thought you should know. Any idea who he is working for? He didn't seem like any kind of security guard I'd ever met. Had the whole hoodie and baggy jeans thing going on, and I got the impression he's had a lot of run-ins with police. He seemed to find the whole thing kind of funny in a nasty way. The license said Gold Shield Security. I've never heard of them. But it ran okay when I checked it. Did you get his name? John Ellis. I ran him and he doesn't have any wants or felonies, but he has a string of misdemeanor battery and assault charges. Delaney stared at her steadily. Did you see him taking pictures of me? Hyatt shook her head. I didn't, but the missing SD card is a pretty good indicator. Nothing I could hold him on, and it wouldn't stand up for probable cause. It was called in by Burton Murkowski. He drove past on a taco delivery to Friendship Village. They seemed to eat a lot of tacos out there. He thought the guy was some kind of pervert. Mookie? Delaney half-smiled. Delivering tacos to Friendship Village? Hyatt smiled and shook her head. Mookie. Lord knows he's a goofball, but he usually means well. They eat a lot of tacos out at the village. From her expression, she knew damn good and well why they did. She confirmed it a second later. If Mrs. Ramirez offers you a brownie, you should probably decline it. So we've heard. Glad he called it in and thanks for running the goon off. She nodded. Be careful, I have a bad feeling about that guy. Delaney gave her a grin. You up for a few more rounds of poker? Hyatt shook her head laughing. No way. I don't think you play fair. 
A fair is a place you buy corn dogs and funnels cakes. Delaney paused. Oh, funnel cakes. I could tell by her expression Delaney was thinking about the same thing I was. Maybe Mookie knew more. He was afraid of the cops. Probably afraid of us, too, but that would work in our favor. We should drop by and see Mookie. Thank him for calling that in, you think? Delaney nodded. Maybe he saw something else. Mookie's shift at Taco Grande had ended by the time we go there, so we decided to drop by his trailer. It was kind of on the way home, anyway, and Sherry was getting off a bit late that we grabbed the piebald Mustang Cobra, my, Sally, out of her garage for a change. It had been a while and I needed to run her ABIT.IT wasn't hard to find the spur that ran to his trailer. I was pretty sure I'd picked up a couple abandoned cars for the county there about six years before, long before Mookie was able to set up his grow house that a black car shot past us as we rounded a long wooded bend. It wasn't a good angle, but L I got a look at the two men in it. Tactical 501 shirts. They might as well have had a huge sign that said, Expensive Corporate Security. This sure as hell wasn't the hoodie and baggy pants goons. I caught just an impression of the driver's face, but his obvious annoyance was enough to tell me we might be about to run into a problem. That was little more clear a fraction of a second later when we burst into a small clearing and saw the glow of flames at the end of Mookie's trailer. He's in there. Delaney pointed at Mookie's patchwork pinto parked a yard or two from the trailer. I stomped Sally to a stop far enough to the side of the trailer to make sure she wouldn't be scorched jumped out and sprinted for the front door. I yanked on it, but the lock held. Mookie's special door to keep the thieves out of his grow house was going to get him killed. I started to turn towards Sally, but Delaney was already shoving the crowbar from Sally's trunk into my hands with a smug grin. I jammed the edge into the jam right at the lock and heaved back on it until the door popped open. Mookie was right. It was a damn good door, but it was still mounted on a cut-rate thirty-year-old single-wide. The wave of heat from the flames consuming the end of the trailer was staggering, but I gritted my teeth and pushed in. Roiling black smoke filled the place. I dropped straight down into the clear space below the smoke, crawled in and found myself staring right at Mookie's skinny ass. As in his but was less than a foot in front of my nose. I grabbed his belt and started dragging him backwards, searching for the door frame with my foot until a hand grabbed my ankle and began tugging on me. Delaney, Half in and half out the doorway guided me back out we tumbled in a heap down the cheap aluminum steps. Is he alive? Delaney, tears from the smoke tracking down her face, tried to shake Mookie awake. I sat up and reached over just as he gave a weak cough. Thank God. Delaney gave me a crooked grin. I knew you liked him. How can you not like somebody named Mookie? Fuck no, I was just afraid I'd have to try to resuscitate him. Be like giving mouth to mouth to a fucking bong. End up coming to, in Cleveland, with no shoes, no shirt and 24 cents in bent pennies in my pocket. What did the sheriff say? That's oddly specific. She snickered and we managed to sit him up. Half his hair was curled by the heat. He was lucky it hadn't caught fire. Angry, livid bruises were starting to form on the whole left side of his face. Delaney looked sharply back down the road. I think they're coming back. I listened and made out the distinctive sound of the Audi's engine getting louder. They must have reached the main road then decided to come back to finish the job and get rid of the witnesses. Shit. I looked around. A second later, the sound of a siren wailed up from the same direction. The distinctive pops of a handgun drifted up. I caught Delaney's eyes. We need to get him back behind Sally. This is about to turn into a fucking circus. Just as we reached the back of the Mustang, the Audi erupted from the trees and slid to a stop next to the Pinto. 
Before it was even completely still, a deputy's cruiser powered in, pulling sideways, blocking most of the road. Two men in suits were out of the Audi almost simultaneously, firing what looked to be glocks at the police cruiser. A second later, shots started answering from near the front bumper of the cruiser. Fuck this. I stepped past Delaney and Mookie, reached under the dash, and pulled out my .45. Stay down. Delaney flattened herself to look under the car. Not exactly what I intended, but I didn't have time to argue. I walked forward until I had a clear line of sight on both gunmen. Blinded by the blazing trailer, they couldn't see me. I was hoping the deputy would realize we were on the same side and not shoot me. The driver spun as the first two rounds from the 1911 caught him and through the chest. The second shooter, too focused on the deputy, took too long to react, and the next double tap caught him easily. It was a little sloppy. The first round was center mass, but the second punched up through his collarbone into his neck. Neither one of those fuckers was getting back up. Hoping the deputy was watching, I held the 1911 up and ejected the magazine, then locked slide back, sending the chambered round flying into the darkness. Clear, a hand tapped weakly at the ground near the front tire. Shit! I sprinted for the fallen deputy, shoving the gun into my belt. Deputy Hyatt, all four foot ten inches of her was staring up at me gasping in pain. Hit twice. Knee and and. She shook violently for a second. Arm. Delaney. Trauma kit. Now. She must have already been on her way. She slid to a stop on her knees shoving the kit into my hands. Work fast. I'm getting Sally now. We need to call. Delaney grabbed my shoulder. I don't think we have time. Remember how you told me most cars don't explode? The way she said, most caught my attention. The Pinto? The Pinto. It's on fire. Fuck. With the cars packed in the way they were, the small clearing was about to become an inferno. The Pinto probably wouldn't actually explode, but in an area as small as this, it wouldn't really matter. I could hear Sally roar to life as I struggled to get Hyatt's vest off and get a look at the wound. She wasn't bleeding out, so at least that was a good sign. I took a quick look at her knee. Plenty of blood, looked like a tib-fib injury. Both bones in the lower leg had been smashed near the knee. Had to hurt like hell, but she had a little time. Delaney pulled up next to me. She had the passenger seat all the way back and laid down so I could just pull Hyatt in on top of me and slam the door. She screamed as her leg bounced. Go! As Sally tore past the cruiser, I heard a crunching sound, but the thump of the Pinto's gas tank immediately overwhelmed it as the whole clearing filled with flame. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. Delaney looked horrified. We made it. I managed to get the pressure dressing on her arm, then pulled a roll splint out and began to stabilize her knee. Your mirror. There wasn't enough room and the mirror on this side. I couldn't help it. I started laughing. I can get another. It's just a mirror, princess. I'll trade that for third-degree burns any day. She started to slow. I can stop here if you want. Keep going. There's a propane tank by the trailer. I was still working on Hyatt, nearly another mile down the road when I saw the flames shoot up into the sky behind us. Sheriff better have his insurance paid up on that cruiser. Delaney suddenly slowed and began flashing the brights. We better get out really slow. They look pissed. Every deputy available must have been standing at the roadblock, shotguns out. Delaney shut Sally off and stepped out slowly with her hands up. Hyatt's been shot. Needles is trying to help her. He's getting out now. I managed to get Hyatt on the ground, and two EMTs were at my side almost instantly. 
the one with the blonde crew cut looked her over rapidly as I described the injuries. This is pretty good work. You do this in a moving car? Didn't have a lot of choice. Done it in Humvees a few times, anyway. How the hell did you get here this fast? When the deputy called in shots fired, the sheriff gave an all call. He figured somebody was going down. Delaney had raced over to the sheriff and was talking animatedly. We started to load Hyatt up, and Delaney raced over and leaned over her. You still owe me some candy bars. You're not getting out of it this way. Hyatt blinked her eyes open and tried not to laugh. I'll pay up. I still think you cheated somehow. Delaney grinned. We didn't have electricity for four months when we first moved to the cabin, so we played poker every night. Hyatt narrowed her eyes at me the best she could. You turned her into a card shark? What? I was teaching her math. It was homeschooling. Hyatt was still chuckling weakly as we watched them load her up into the ambulance and head out. The sheriff walked up beside us. Delaney explained it. Two perps down, maybe Hyatt. He stared at me from under lowered brows. Maybe you. That's fine, they shot at one of my deputies, so they're bought and paid for. We'll fill in the details later. I'll need your gun, though, to check ballistics. He looked up the road at the blazing clearing. It'll be morning before we can even recover the bodies. I nodded and handed it to him carefully. Am I gonna get it back? It's not gonna come up hot on a ballistics check, is it? Not this one. Car compactors are great for getting rid of evidence. Nobody wants to deal with a two-ton steel origami wrapper that just might have something in it. He looked upward for a moment, probably praying for patience. Fine. You'll probably get it back. Hell, I'm sure you have a half dozen more anyway. I gave a noncommittal gesture. Hell, I had another 1911 in the trunk and hide under the carpet, but I didn't plan to share that dot he leaned back. I do have one question. Where's Mookie? Delaney shrugged. In the trunk. What else was I supposed to do with him? We walked around Sally and Delaney popped the truck. Mookie was snoring peacefully, drooling on my trunk liner. The sheriff raised an eyebrow at Delaney. You stuffed him in there by yourself? She grinned. I lug wheels and tires around half the day. I kinda got his top half in and poured the rest of him in. I looked him over. We probably oughta drop him at the hospital and get him checked out. I think he's okay, but he's got some smoke inhalation and maybe a light concussion. The sheriff sighed. I'll get an ambulance headed this way. Delaney twisted her mouth, eyeing Mookie. Be a pity to wake him up just to put him in an ambulance. I nodded. He does look peaceful, doesn't he? We can drop him off. I want to see how Hyatt is doing anyway. Delaney closed the trunk. I fired up Sally and had Delaney call Sherry. After a few minutes of quiet conversation, Delaney hung up. Sherry says that gives her time to clean up before we use up all the hot water. She's glad we rescued Mookie and Hyatt. Especially since there's no way it was our fault this time. When we popped the trunk at the hospital, Mookie looked up at us bleary-eyed. Dude, I had, like a really bad nightmare. He pulled himself up to sitting and got out of the trunk. He was completely unsurprised by waking up in a trunk in the first place. Those two suits, they took my shit, and they like burned my place and... He trailed off, staring up at the hospital sign, then touched the side of his face, wincing at the pain. Ah, no. They burned my place, didn't they? I held my hands up. It was all we could do to pull you out. It was too late for the trailer. One of them took my seed, too. I'm pretty sure it's gone this time. Your suits got in a shootout with Deputy Hyatt outside our trailer. They ended up dead and the fire burned the whole area. His face fell. Gone? I nodded. 
Gone. Mookie looked down at his feet. This sucks, man. Delaney glared at him. Hyatt got shot trying to stop those two. That's why we're here. He rubbed his forehead and looked down with glassy eyes. Nobody's supposed to get hurt. It's just weed, man, not meth. This isn't like Breaking Bad or some shit. He looked up at the sign. Is she here? Can we see her? We led him in and ran right into the sheriff standing in the waiting area outside of surgery. There's an advantage to having lights and sirens when you want to get somewhere fast. He gestured us over. Doc says she should be okay. No promises, you know how they are. He said you kept her from losing too much blood and it looks like nothing vital was hit. She won't be able to see anyone until tomorrow afternoon if everything goes well. She was doing pretty well when we loaded her into the ambulance, or I'd have ridden with her. She's tough, she should be okay. He pulled out his notebook. I talked to her a little before she went in. The pain meds were working well enough for her to concentrate. From what I can put together, they wounded her when she did the initial traffic stop, shot her through the door when she started to get out. She blocked the road, started shooting back, so they took off back toward Mookie's place. That fits. Once there, they re-engaged and, the perps became shot. It'll probably take till morning for us to get in there to see what's left. Whatever was there, it's probably burned to ashes by now. The fire can't really go anywhere, and Chief Simmons isn't really interested in risking his people. He glanced at Mookie who was still trying to get his brain around the disaster. Which brings us to whatever the hell was going on in the first place. I sighed. Believe it or not, I think this is about a few ounces of marijuana seed. Come on, needles, nobody kills anyone over weed anymore. Delaney looked up at a glassy-eyed Mookie. Just tell him the truth, Mookie. He's a good guy. She smirked. Besides, all the evidence is gone. Mookie sighed and slid down the wall to sit on the floor. The sheriff eyed me. I'll get his story now, but I'm dropping by to get yours later tonight. I know it'll be late. One of your deputies got shot. There's no such thing as late when one of your people gets hurt. I'll let Sherry know. Damn right. As we left the parking lot Delaney bit her lip. Do you really think this is over that package he had? I don't know. It fits. It doesn't make any sense. But it fits. How much could it have been worth? Not much. A few thousand bucks tops. Sure as hell not enough to kill for. Unless. I stopped. The whole idea was ridiculous. Unless what? Unless somebody really believes what Mookie said about it curing cancer. But that's nuts. Delaney stared out the window. A class of new drivers started the week we left Texas. They sent two guys home because they tested positive for marijuana. They'll do that. Kurt told us why. He said it slows your reflexes and makes it harder to think clearly. She shuddered. I can't imagine wanting to make it harder to think or read or... She stopped, looking a little sick out I could see where she was going. Delaney already felt... Stupid sometimes, because of her dyslexia, no matter how much Sherry and I supported her. She'd come a long way, but reading was still hard and always would be. Yeah, it's probably not something you'd want to use. She nodded slowly, then forced a smile. I know I'm a pain in the ass, but at least you don't have to worry about that. Just wandering power, Sanders. She shrugged dramatically. So with all the shooting and the burning and shit, it's the sander that bothers you. I'm used to the shooting and burning and shit, but I hate it when my tools aren't where they're supposed to be. Delaney rolled her eyes. Oh. My God. The end of the world. A misplaced power sander. I shook my head sadly. 
It's a sad world when sanders get misplaced. She always left the sander exactly one foot in front of the shelf cubby it belonged in. Carefully oiled, cleaned up, and with a new sanding pad in place if it needed one. It was one of those weird little, us, things that people have. She knew she could be, bad, and I would growl about it. But we both knew it was okay, that it was just how we were dot we both knew what it really meant, and I could see her settle comfortably dot as we reached the cabin and pulled up to the right of it. Delaney glanced over her shoulder. Damn, the sheriff must have left just after we did. I glanced in the mirror and caught blue and white disco lights coming up fast behind us. I slammed Sally into park. Take the phone. Get into the woods and call the sheriff. She looked at me in shock. What? The sheriff and his men use red, white, and blue lights. Not blue and white. That's a state cop thing. Shit. What are you, though, damn it? She flew out of the car and dashed around the cabin as I hit the trunk release and dropped out the door to the ground. I was planning on trying to get to the 1911 in my trunk, but bullets were already slamming into Sally's ass and I didn't recognize the passenger, a bullet-headed man with a gray t-shirt. But as soon as I saw the driver I hoped Delaney was making good time. Stein, looking like a frazzled raccoon with his two black eyes, was shouting at his partner. Just put him the fuck down and get that little bitch. I was moving as fast as I could, but the guy had a clear shot at me and he seemed to have his shit together. I'd pretty much resigned myself to getting shot for the fourth time in my life when the overwhelming boom of a shotgun from the front window of the cabin shocked everything into silence. The guy staggered back, red blossoming across most of his chest. A second deafening shot pitched him over backwards. The peculiar jingling of shattered glass raining to the ground was the only sound at all for a second. Stein dropped into a crouch to take himself out of the line of fire and began quickly working his way around the car to get a shot at me. Asshole or not, he was well trained and losing his partner hadn't shaken his nerve at all. He was just getting around the car, grinning, when something buzzed from the side of the cabin, cracking him across the face and falling to the ground. He staggered back a couple steps, his nose spouting fresh blood. I dove for his partner's timber. Delaney crowed wildly from around the corner. Asshole! He straightened up snarling. You little bitch! I rolled to my feet, thrust the muzzle of the kimber against his temple and fired. He collapsed and I stared down at him. I fucking warned you about calling her that. Not that he could hear it. Sherry stalked from the front of the cabin, shotgun cautiously leveled. Is that all of them? I think so. One glance at Stein's partner told me he was dead. Delaney crept around the corner of the cabin. Sorry. I know I was supposed to run but the cell fell out of my pocket when I ran. She walked over and picked it up from the ground. So I kinda improvised. I shrugged. Well, I'm kinda glad you did. If you hadn't, I'd have had a real problem. Sherry looked over Stein and his man suspiciously until she was convinced they were dead. I was finishing up my hair when I heard the shooting. Wasn't exactly planning on having a gunfight just now. Delaney gave a chirping laugh. I was gonna ask about that. Sherry tugged her pink. Virginia Beach is for lovers. T-shirt down a bit in a vain attempt to cover her red lace panties. Next time we do this, y'all call ahead and let me get into some coveralls too, okay? She tried to sound surly, but her amusement still peeked through dot I pretended to study her. I dunno, I kinda like it. Delaney gave a long dramatic sigh. God. Of course you do. Ew. Then she broke down in a giggle dot I watched Sherry carefully, trying not to be obvious. She seemed more composed than I would have expected. Somebody's coming. 
Delaney pointed to a pair of headlights coming up the road. We looked at each other for a second, then Sherry hefted the 12 gauge and moved behind Stein's car. I stuffed the Kimber in my belt and pulled the backup 1911 out of the hide in Sally's trunk. Delaney picked up Stein's gun. She took a deep sigh and looked at me. I gave her a nod. Stay close to Sherry. The sheriff's Tahoe slowed to a crawl as he took in the scene. He stopped. Once I could see his face clearly in the light from the cabin, I put the 1911 on the hood of Stein's car. He slid out, hand hovering over his sidearm. I'm sure there's one hell of an interesting story here, Needles. Stein. Shit. You guys okay? Cars shot up, but all of us are fine. Any more of them? Just the two of them. He keep his mic and called it in. Looking over the bodies. He glanced over at Delaney. Ah hell, you're letting little Miss Mayhem play with guns now? Delaney looked startled and hastily placed Stein's gun on Sally's hood. I cut in before she could say anything. That's Stein's piece. We weren't sure it was you coming up the road. Been a long fucking evening. He nodded, pacing the scene and eyeballing angles. Leave it to you two to end up in two unrelated firefights in one damn evening. The sheriff looked over the shotgun pattern on Stein's man, then over at Sherry's shotgun. You okay? She met his look with a steady stare. They went after my baby and my man. I'd do it again tomorrow. And the day after. As many times as it takes. Good call. We'll put that in your statement. Should stop any questions right there. Stein was an armed and dangerous, so this should pretty much be a walkover. I'll have to collect your guns, though. I pulled the Kimber out and put it on the hood. Never fired mine. Had to use one of theirs. Still have to check. He chuckled. Is this 1911 going to come up hot on a ballistics check? Shouldn't. It's practically brand new. I haven't shot hardly anyone with it yet. With all this shit going on, I don't really want to leave you unarmed. You need to borrow a piece? I've got another. And a spare shotgun. Jesus, Les, how many do you have? As many as I need. Sherry put the shotgun on Sally's hood. If you two are going to stand around John, I'm gonna go on in and get dressed. She looked at Delaney. You should probably go get cleaned up. With that, the two of them marched into the cabin, Sherry acting for all the world as if being caught out in a t-shirt and underwear was perfectly respectable. You're a lucky man, Needles. Wouldn't trade them for anything. I talked to Mookie, and he can't lie for shit, so I know he told the truth when he said he had a run-in with those two over a package his cousin sent. That means that shit earlier had nothing to do with you two. We were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right place, right time or I'd have been out a deputy and Mookie'd have burned to death. But I have to ask what the hell were you doing there in the first place? We were going to thank Mookie for calling in the goon taking pictures of Delaney at the yard and ask if he'd seen anything else. I don't know if that's connected with Stein or a random perv. Could even just have been an amateur photographer with no sense. The sheriff held his hands up helplessly. The way things have been running lately, I doubt it. Maybe a spotter for Stein. He rubbed his chin. Be careful, there may be more out there. You sure this is connected with the attack on your ex-wife? The timing alone is pretty convincing. I paused, thinking. Stein's gun looks like a Smith & Wesson MNP9. I heard a rumor that Charlotte was shot with a 9mm. You might want to see if someone wants to check the ballistics on Stein's gun here. He seemed awful interested in Delaney. I didn't want to share everything Charlotte had said. I was pretty sure she would try to throw me under the bus for what I'd done to protect Delaney at the first opportunity if she could get away with it. She had no proof, but it could still make my life difficult that I could make sure he had a clue just in case.
He really seemed interested in just who Delaney's biological father might be. Not, I take it, the late, unlamented senator? The sheriff raised an eyebrow sardonically. Apparently not. He rubbed his chin. I can write it so he comes off as an obsessed pervert using his office to try to kidnap a 14-year-old girl. That shit happens, and the state will find it convenient to be quiet about the whole thing as long I don't make it blatant. Maybe insinuate that he ran across her when he was investigating the attack on your ex. Hell, that may be the truth, anyway. And if he was working for someone, for some other reason, they wouldn't know we're on to them. Yeah, that mysterious fake warrant shit still bothers me. Me too. I saw a parade of lights headed up the road and the sound of distant sirens began drifting up towards us. Looks like your crew is here. Delaney stepped out of the front door. I'm pulling half a sheet of plywood out of the workshop and putting it up over the window until I can fix it. She headed over to the little outbuilding. The sheriff gave a slight smile and I watched approvingly. She's appointed herself caretaker of the cabin. She loves the fact that somebody built every piece by hand for their family. Any time a repair has to be made, she insists on doing it, and she tries to do it with hand tools. He watched her more drag the half-sheet out of the shed. I get the impression there wasn't a whole lot of give-a-damn in her life until you and Sherry walked into it. Charlotte treated her like a total failure, like she was too stupid to do anything right. Kind of isolated her. Yeah, I kind of picked up on that. Your ex struck me a stone-cold bitch. You know, you keep a dog alone on a chain, he gets nasty with anyone who comes near. Needs to relearn that not everyone is an enemy. He glanced at the approaching lights. The deputies will take your statement. He stood up and called over to Delaney. You want a hand with that? We were late getting out of bed the next morning. We'd been up late filling out witness statements and watching crime scene texts. For all my concerns about Sherry having to pull the trigger on Stein's man, she slept soundly, cuddled up tight to me with a smile on her face. Of course, she'd declared it movie night, so she was sandwiched between me and Delaney on the couch, and maybe that made it easier. Delaney and I headed up to the salvage yard the next morning. The sheriff was already waiting for us. Delaney waved to him and went on into the trailer to do her schoolwork. He offered me a cup of coffee from the Quick Mart. Just giving you a heads up, the state is already shying away from investigating Stein. His office doesn't want to deal with the possibility of a wannabe child molester, so they're all for ignoring motivation and calling it self-defense. There's no ID on the other guy, nothing real anyway. Everything on him looks to be fake. We're running fingerprints. We get anything I'll let you know. That's not suspicious at all, is it? Could have been a pro. He moved well, like a cop or maybe military. He'd been shot at a few times, just had bad luck. Shotguns will do that. He looked at me. How's Sherry dealing with it? Slept like a baby. Good to hear. He pulled out his notebook. Speaking of fake IDs, one wallet survived the fire at Mookie's. We'll need dental to ID either of them, but I suspect we won't get anything. The IDs in the wallet were well-done fakes. A Mississippi driver's license, but the number doesn't exist. A few cash cards loaded to the max. Nothing personal in the wallet, nothing that ties to anything useful. Vehicle was a rental in the same fake name. The coroner thinks the dental work on both corpses looks European. Different composites and filling materials than we use here. Pros going after Mookie. They looked like it. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Unless whatever he got from his cousin was really valuable to someone. It's gone now, burned in the fire. I thought about it for a second. Make sure that anyone who asks knows that. He nodded. Yeah, I made a point of it in the official reports. 
Package unopened, contents unknown, destroyed in fire. It might help. Can't hurt. Whatever Mookie thinks, this can't be about weed. Not with pros involved. He shook his head. And none of this links with Gold Shield security as far as I can tell, so watch your back. We will, just watch yours too. I dialed the phone and waited. K2 Executive Services. How may I assist you? This is Lester Dawes. I need to speak with Kurt or Katie. Hold one, please. A minute later another voice came on. Needles? Kim? I was trying to reach Kurt. Dad's out of the country, but you're on our short list if you need help. Just some information. I'm putting you on speakerphone on our end. Okay. As soon as Delaney heard Kim's voice she sat upright. Hey, Kimmy. The bunny? How's my favorite crash test dummy? Miss me, don't you? Let's see. The latest six-week driver course just graduated and altogether they managed to only roll half the number of cars in their entire course that you did in your first week. Chicken shits. No balls at all. Delaney's grin widened as she sing-songed that last bit. That's kind of what Dad said. He said you have a standing job offer when you turn 21. Delaney grinned maniacally. Think of all the paperwork you'll get to do. The insurance premiums will sure as hell go up. Kim paused for a second. Mackenzie asked if maybe there was a chance for another summer camp next year. Dad and Mom thought it sounded like fun. Driving, but some other stuff, too. Maybe four weeks if you're interested. Delaney stiffened like she'd been hit with a shock and stared at me, nodding frantically and silently pleading. I glanced at Sherry and got a smile. I gave a single nod to Delaney, and she let out a loud whoop. Hell yeah. Kim laughed. I figured. We'll let you know when and what to bring. After a few more minutes of banter, Kim finally asked me what I needed. Information on an outfit called Gold Shield Security. We crossed paths with one of their guys. Cross paths? Fucker was watching Delaney. You catch him? No, the cops did. Had to let him go. She paused and I could hear a keyboard clicking away. Small outfit, not in our league. Usually does VIP security for rap stars and celebs. Typical bigger is better muscle-bound goons not real talent. Rumor has it they provide extra services. Leg breaking, occasionally murder. Some of their members were implicated in a series of drive-by shootings in that East Coast-West Coast rap feud. No convictions. Let me check contracts. A minute later she began running down a list of contracts they knew about. Pretty much a list of low-level celebs with a bit of singing talent, or some sex tapes. Until she got to one name. Wait. Go back one. Jason Bradley Calloway, Esquire. He does extreme sports. High-altitude mountain boarding, rally racing, base jumping, motocross, ice climbing. Last I looked, he's a lawyer. She tapped away for a second. That too, but he doesn't spend much time at it from what I can see. He's kind of a rising star in extreme sports. Nice work if you can get it. You know where he lives? Kim paused for a second. Look, I'll send you a standard target package on him, no charge. If he's stalking Delaney, there's a reason, and it's probably not a good one. Sherry raised an eyebrow and mouth. Target package? At me. We'll take it. Standard protocols, send me an email with your PGP key. I started to ask what the hell she was talking about, but Delaney cut in. Can you just use the email and key we set up at summer camp? I've only ever used it to email Tess and Mac anyway. Kim paused. Yes. I still have it. Good idea. I'll send you a test message and send the package in a day or two. Delaney straightened up smugly.
See? I paid attention. I wish our paying students tried half as hard as you do. Kim actually sounded like she meant it. Delaney suddenly blushed, and Sherry looked at her proudly. Sent. Sherry signed Delaney onto the computer. Delaney's experiences with the NCWB had made her leery of her own gullibility. She refused to get on the computer unless one of us was there, afraid she'd fall into some kind of trap again. She popped her email open. Got it. We finished the call and I looked at the email. Your email account is encrypted? Delaney shrugged. Katie had us do this. She said it'd be harder for a cyberstalker to go after us. She said girls our age need to careful. She looked up at the ceiling. Like I didn't know that already. Besides, secure comms are always important. That garnered another raised eyebrow from Sherry. It was pretty clear I needed to explain Kurt and Katie's business to her in more detail. Delaney took a while to spin down to go to bed. The prospect of another summer camp had her too excited. She finally did, though, and Sherry and I sat on the couch watching the fire. I knew the question was coming. So, Kurt and Katie's school. She just let it hang there. It really is for bodyguards. VIP asset protection. Really high-level stuff, mostly. They also manage some private military contracts. Some armed combat forces and security service stuff. Sherry looked at me suspiciously. That sounds like mercenaries. Mercenaries are illegal. The UN basically banned them back in the late 1980s. So what's the difference? The name mostly. Supposedly, there are other differences, but they aren't really clear. Kurt and Katie mostly do training. Mostly. The only time they'd asked for my help, they'd seemed to be on the right side of the law. At least that's what I'd assumed. I hadn't asked a lot of questions. Sherry gave me a calculating look and shifted gears. Did Delaney really roll cars over down there? That's normal in a really good crash bank course. The only way to really know what the limits are is to go all the way over a few times. It's the only way to get a real feel for it. I could see she was trying not to be upset. Kurt and Katie are real pros. The cars have safety harnesses and they have a crew and equipment right there, just in case. She was probably safer there than on a roller coaster. That was probably an exaggeration, but most roller coasters don't have crash medical teams standing by. She sat silently for a second. That's why they always need more cars, isn't it? Yeah. The class is supposed to chew them up. If they don't roll them, they aren't trying hard enough. So Delaney rolled a lot of them. She's really fearless, isn't she? Too fearless. Sherry smiled softly at me. That's why you did it, so she'd know when she needs to put the brakes on. I nodded. There are limits for everybody. Physics doesn't give a shit if you're afraid or not. I'm hoping she sees that it isn't just about cars. Besides, I stopped for a second trying to figure out how to say it right. Sherry beat me to it. She attracts trouble? I'm thinking Delaney could sit on the couch eating cookies and watching TV in her pajamas and there's a good chance it'd end up in a shootout. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? It seems like it. I know it's not her fault. This is all on Charlotte, but Delaney is stuck in it up to the neck and we don't know how far or deep this goes. Sherry was quiet for a moment. Why do you think they really want to do another summer camp? I think Katie is looking at this as an investment. Kurt is probably just having a blast, but Katie is always looking ahead. Do this every year and the girls are young, so everything becomes reflex. Competent female bodyguards are always in demand at for high-level work. A lot of female principals are uncomfortable with male bodyguards in certain circumstances. Even if they only managed to recruit one of the girls when they turned 21, they'd have made their money back in a year or two. 
That's... Her voice trailed off. Mercenary? That's kind of what they do. But I'm sure they like the girls, too, so it isn't all about money. And she won't have to work for them if she doesn't want to. Sherry sighed. It sounds crazy, but it's Delaney. She suddenly giggled. We could go on another vacation. Rent another bungalow with a private beach and I'll buy another teeny tiny bikini that I can just leave in the suitcase again, maybe? Are you seriously bribing me with promises of sex to make sure I'll let her go? Sherry smiled up at me. Are you interested in getting a down payment? Sherry looked over the target package we've received from Kim. It had only taken two days for Kim to put it together. He's got a condo in Georgetown, but he's building a mansion up in the mountains in West Virginia not too far across the border from that hard scrabble place. Bought himself nearly 10,000 acres. Pretty much two mountains and a valley between them. He told the reporter he's using the mountain roads to test his cars and motorcycles. An asshole with too much money and too much time on his hands? It's probably worse than that. The one mountain he's building on? Sherry scanned further down and brought up a news clipping. There was a holdout who didn't want to sell. After living there for almost 40 years, she somehow went over the edge of the mountainside road on a clear blue day. A sociopathic asshole with too much money and too much time? Sherry nodded slowly. She has a whole list of coincidental deaths here. Guys he had feuds with, a couple women who were claiming paternity suits. She looked up at me. Kinda like Charlotte. One was a ruled a suicide, the other was supposedly an accidental overdose. Looks like we have our guy. She opened a map file that turned out to be some kind of overhead imagery, maybe from Google, but then again, knowing Kim, maybe not. Here's where he's building his new house, you have to go up this long mountainside road to get there. She traced the line of the road up. Everything from here on is his property. He's gated the roads to keep people out. Is he staying there? Not yet. But Kim included a picture of a Facebook post that says he's up on Saturdays with his guys to practice racing the mountain roads. It's about a seven-mile loop. She brought the picture up and we looked it over. Big bad Jason Bradley Calloway, Esquire, and a half-dozen muscle-bound guys in black t-shirts. That's gotta be his security team. Probably more for show than anything else. If Kim is right about Gold Shield, they're for a lot more than that. She said it softly. You need to be careful. I looked over at Delaney. Careful is our middle name, isn't it? That just earned an eye roll and a snicker. I went alone for two weeks. Unlike the goon in the SUV, I actually had training in this shit and I had a good half dozen at least semi-functional cars to use from the yard. During the week, it was busy with work trucks and crew going in and out. But on Saturdays, it was pretty much just Callaway and his bodyguards visiting the mountain retreat. There were a couple random deliveries, but that was all. Whatever supercar he brought spent the day roaring up and down the roads at insane speeds. I figured him for a real adrenaline junkie, since racing those kinds of roads at the speeds he was going was just short of suicide. Still, he might be almost as good as he seemed to think he was. At the end of the second week, I had a plan. And Delaney made it better. Get the keys to the wrecker. Delaney's eyes sparkled. The wrecker was one of her favorite vehicles. It was a black Ford F550 with a Vulcan 812 Intruder 2 tow package, normally used for repo work. I didn't do repo work, but it was also damn good for snatching wrecks out of tight places. The pivot stinger could slide into places that seemed impossible and once the tire jaws clamped down, it was simple to lift and pull the car along. I bought it from Emmett Tuckett when he retired. Emmett Tuckett had been a hardcore hard-drinking cigar-smoking repo man, and he bought the best equipment he could get. 
He'd had countless run-ins while repossessing cars all over the state. He'd been shot, stabbed, run over eight fucking times and bitten by dogs ranging from pit bulls to rottweilers. He'd finally retired and sold me his truck after he'd had a particularly bad day. I still wasn't sure just what had happened. He wouldn't talk about it, but at the end of that particularly bad day, two heroin dealers were dead, four houses had burned to the ground and a mint condition 1969 Jaguar XKE with 20 keys of heroin in the trunk was sitting in the bottom of a swimming pool. Emmett had two bullets lodged in his chest, a kitchen knife tip broken off in his shoulder blade, a broken leg from being run over by an orange 1974 Volkswagen thing, and an infected Pomeranian bite. Emmett took a low ball price on the record from me and moved to Florida to be a babysitter for his grandchildren. He took his brand new girlfriend, a woman named Amelie who was just as quiet about how they met as he was, and their Pomeranian named Skittles. Slowly, work it forward just a bit more. Delaney followed the instructions carefully, edging the wrecker a bit more forward until I signaled for her to stop. She leaned out the window with a concerned look at our handiwork. Will we have room to get around it? Yeah, a couple feet to spare. I unhooked the canvas straps and threw them onto the back of the Ford F-550, then slid up into the driver's seat as Delaney hopped back over to her seat, shoved it into gear and pushed on up the mountain road. Delaney peered down the mountainside out her window. You can almost see forever from up here. Maybe that's part of the problem. People like him get used to living on mountaintops. They start seeing everybody else as beneath them. She nodded and sat silently until we reached the security gate. The wrecker knows the gate opened with little effort and surprisingly little noise. It was unlocked, unlike the one at the base of the mountain. I chained that one shut to discourage any accidental bystanders to this. A long looping circle drive through the grounds went right in front of the massive construction site of what would obviously become a massive mansion. Acres of unfinished fountains, stone pathways, and other, less recognizable, structures were everywhere. Six guys were sitting at a stone table, drinking and eating something. They watched us disinterestedly, and maybe with a little disdain. They were used to the occasional work or delivery truck. I was pretty sure Jason Calloway had never seen a repo truck before. From their lack of reaction, none of his goons was particularly interested in us. You get what you pay for sometimes. Wow. Delaney peered around. He must think he's Louis Fourteenth. You're actually learning that stuff? There's a TV series about it. Delaney scanned the grounds wide-eyed, finally settling on a blue spacecraft of a car parked in the middle of it all. Oh, that looks really fucking breakable. It does, doesn't it? Her grin mirrored my own as I backed the wrecker up to the car and popped the door open. Stay inside until I tell you. Seriously, if he sees you, he'll know. I dropped to the ground and began walking around the hypercar, inspecting it carefully until one of the men ran up to me. Get the fuck away from the car, asshole. Drop off whatever it is you're here to drop off and get moving. Hey, I'm just doing my job. Got an order from the owner, a Mr. Calloway, to pick this thing up. I don't want to damage it. He stared at me for a minute then ran back to the group and started talking earnestly with a big blonde guy who looked like he was trying to be cool. Jason Calloway walked over arrogantly, glaring at me. Hey, dipshit. I didn't tell anyone to pick my car up. Wait, I have a signed order here. I reached inside my jacket, pulling my 1911 out and leveling it at his head. Tell your little fuck buddy to go get the rest of his gold shield friends and start running for the far side of your little palace grounds here, or I start putting some big fucking holes in you. Do it now. Three. Two. He hesitated, then nodded to his guy, and we watched while they scampered off. What the fuck are you doing? 
Just some insurance so we can talk. You really ought to hire some competent bodyguards. I waved my free hand and Delaney backed the wrecker up to the ass end of his car, sliding the stinger into position. Callaway grimaced at the sound of the jaws snapping into position. I will fucking ruin you. You really need to shut the fuck up. We haven't started anything yet. You do the right fucking thing and will hardly fuck up your little toy at all. He looked at me in disbelief as the stinger raised, lifting the end of the car up. What do you want? Nothing, I'm just the driver of the tow truck, but I do have somebody who wants to talk with you. I signaled to Delaney to come out. He looked at her, frozen. He obviously knew who she was, instantly, but I think he was hoping that we were some kind of illusion. Delaney, this is Jason Bradley Calloway, Esquire. Delaney looked up at me, pointedly ignoring him. What does Esquire mean, anyway? I shrugged. I'm not sure. Remind me and we'll look it up. I think it's probably Latin or Greek for asshole. Every Esquire I've ever met has been one. Or they've been lawyers, which is kind of the same thing most times. He started to say something, but Delaney cut in. That figures. Is this what I think it is? A Bugatti Chiron. There's something like two or three million dollars apiece. Tops out at over 260 miles per hour. Looks like a spaceship from some cheesy afternoon sci-fi movie. Shit, I thought it looked cool until you said that. Now I want to paint Mars Needs Women on the side. She nodded. Do you think he's compensating for something? Jesus Christ, it's a three million dollar, 260 mile an hour supercar. He must be fucking microscopic. I shrugged and looked at him. She's got a point. She walked slowly around the car tapping it with a screwdriver, making Callaway wince with each sharp sound. What's this made of? Carbon fiber. Makes it hard to damage. It's supposed to have an incredible stiffness rating. See? Compensating. Delaney snickered at her own terrible Shrek imitation then walked to the back of the truck, pulled a safety chain and began dragging it under the car. What the fuck are you doing? His anger was starting to overcome his fear. What a coincidence. That's the same fucking question we have for you. Why are your bodyguards trying to kill Delaney? He paused, trying to decide whether to deny it. Delaney's dismissal of his prized car had him boiling, and arrogance won out. I'm not going to have some fucking retard getting any of the family money. It's mine and I plan to keep it that way. She's a mistake. I'm not dealing with a fucking paternity suit. I'm not interested in your fucking money, shithead. Delaney grimaced at him, half under the rear of the car. There was a harsh clank as she slapped the hook into place on something. Calloway winced again. She rolled out and stood up, snagging the external lift control. I don't want anything to do with you or your money. You aren't shit to me. Needles is my dad. She looked at me softly for a second, then glared at him and punched the lift button, raising the back of the car higher until there was an odd grating sound from the front as the chin spoiler hit the gravel. Asshole. He started at the sound but was wary enough of the gun in my hand to stay still that I waved him back. Here's the fucking deal. We'll drop your fucking rocket ship at the gate. You stay absolutely still until we do, or it goes on a goddamn sleigh ride behind the wrecker. You may not have noticed, but she just snapped a safety chain on, but she didn't put on the wheel straps. It'd be like a beer can behind a honeymoon car. Delaney studied the car for a moment. We really shouldn't be towing this backwards, it's bad for it, right? It's all-wheel drive. There's no good way to tow it without pulling it up on a rollback. If there's any damage, the asshole here can pay for it out of his fucking trust fund, or whatever. He looked like he wanted to say something, but I waved him off. Shut it. Stein is dead, so don't expect any more help from him. 
and don't try to kill Charlotte again. I don't need the hassle of everyone assuming I did it. Delaney tilted her head at me. You have kinda earned that, though. She looked over at Calloway. Really, he'd be my first suspect. He's got some serious anger issues when it comes to her. I sighed. Fair enough. But I don't want to be fucking blamed if I didn't get to pull the trigger. Calloway looked back and forth between us, clearly lost, but I wasn't in the mood to explain it to him. Delaney hopped back in the cab with a final glare at him. I looked at him. This is the only warning you get. Leave us the fuck alone. You come after us now or ten years from now, you're done. If you come tearing down this mountain after us before I call you on your cell phone, you will die. You got it? He gave a half-assed nod, eyes glittering with hate. I gritted my teeth. The only reason I'm warning you is because I'm trying to set a better example for the kid. Delaney leaned out the window, rolled her eyes, and gave a snort of a laugh. Calloway's face reddened in rage. Well, fuck. I tried. Once we started to pull away, I could hear the locked tires chirping as they stuttered across the pavement. He began to move until I revved the engine and gave his precious car a good jolt, while Delaney flipped him the bird out her window. He froze, watching as we reached the gate and Delaney hopped out and ran back to unhook the chain. She climbed back in and looked at me. Done. You ready for this? She nodded. I know his kind. They hovered around Mother and Chuck all the time. They think they're the only ones who matter. It's him or me. I revved the engine and hit the emergency release on the tired jaws, dropping the two-ton car to the ground out I could see Calloway and his posse sprinting for a black SUV on the other end of the compound as I ran through the gears. We really needed to reach our goal before they caught up. It took longer than I thought, and I was beginning to wonder if we misjudged him when I heard the burbling roar of the supercar. The pause had been to let him get into his car and take the lead. He must have used the launch button, not a great option for the winding mountain road, but he had to be pissed beyond belief with us humiliating him in front of his paid sycophants. In any case, he had mostly straight stretches until he reached us and that car's handling was absolutely top of the line, even at high speeds. Just what he planned to do when he caught up to us, I had no idea. His two-ton car could hardly force the wrecker off the road. He just might have had a plan, and I had no intention of finding out what it was. As I started to slide around the boulder we pulled out into the road, I reached for the big yellow smiley face button on the dash. Emmett Tuckett hadn't just been a repo man. He'd been an ardent hater of what he'd always called tree huggers and hippies. He'd modified his truck to roll coal, to inject extra diesel fuel to create massive clouds of dense black smoke when he passed the Prius or anything else he deemed a target. I'd never quite gotten around to taking it out, even though it was technically illegal. Delaney's hand slammed down on the button before I could reach it. I glanced at her. Her face was stark. Her jaw set, and she held the button down with grim white-uckle finality. Fuck him! Dark smoke boiled out of the stacks, billowing back up the road behind us as the rippling snarl of the Bugatti grew louder. The pitch-black flume crawled up the road, pushed by the slightest of mountain breezes. Delaney looked steadily down the road. I could she was counting under her breath. Three, two. The clash of the collision behind us was odd, tremendously loud, but with none of the metallic clamor of a normal crash. The chiron spun past us, flying through the air like a massive blue frisbee. We both watched as it flew out over the valley. Delaney blinked once. Wow, that held together better than I thought it would. I slowed and we watched it until it slammed into the boulder-strewn valley floor 800 feet below. Yeah, I'm sure that will buff right the fuck out. Delaney blinked again and looked into the mirror on her side. Do you think his bodyguards will see? 
she was cut off by the clamor of a second crash. The black SUV, far slower and far less aerodynamic, tumbled down the mountainside, flying apart like one of those weird self-destructive sculptures. Nope. We drove another thirty minutes while Delaney just stared straight forward. You okay? She nodded once, taking a deep breath. Him or me? I've been lucky, real lucky. You've been there for me, but someday it'll be just me. She choked a little and I could see her eyes welling with tears, but she fought it down. I could pretend, but I think maybe this is just the way my life is going to be. Delaney gave me a wan smile. You know that, don't you? That's why you sent me down to Texas. There was no point in lying about it. I think it will be this way for a while at least. She nodded. Yeah, I saw his face when you told him to stop trying to kill mother. He had no fucking clue. And he didn't know what I was talking about when I mentioned Stein either. Delaney let a long breath out. Shit. Sherry sighed as we finished our tale. So there's more? I nodded. I'm pretty sure Junior wasn't involved in the attack on Charlotte. Tara sat back. I'd had Delaney call her to meet us at the cabin. She looked thoughtful. Burns is gay, so he's out. Frank's has been the subject of twelve paternity suits in the last eighteen years. He's in one now. He'd sleep with a crocodile if it held still long enough. I rolled my eyes. Yeah, he slept with Charlie. A crocodile would be a step up. Tara tried to give me a sour look, but she was pretty used to my attitude about Charlotte at this point. So did you. Delaney snickered. Behave less. Sherry gave me a half-assed glare but spoiled it with a slight smile. I'm reformed. I traded way up. Delaney nodded in agreement, and even Tara had to shrug. Sherry's smile blossomed further. Tara shook her head in amusement and continued. Either way, this is nothing new for Franks. He just added to the stack. He probably paid up, because he did the math and it wasn't worth arguing about. Whatever you think of. Charlotte, she thought it through and kept the money low enough to make it easier to pay than argue. I guess we know why Callaway went after Delaney, but honestly, to these guys, this is barely pocket change. It isn't Sharpton. Sherry leaned forward. He's on the same high-end health insurance program as everyone in the firm. What does that mean? Tara asked the same thing I was thinking. I asked some of my friends. A lot of my best friends are nurses. She said it fondly. Sharpton had a vasectomy after his fourth son was born, a long time ago. Tara sorted through a stack of paperwork and pulled a page out. Nice to know everyone is following the HIPAA Act. Still, that's probably why he never paid. He knows Delaney can't be his. That's all of them then. Calloway, Franks, and Sharpton. I tried not to sound as annoyed as I was. Tara nodded looking over her papers. There were a number of others, but none with enough influence on the judge. Except. Sherry looked up. There's another Calloway. Why would he even be involved? He can't be her father, even Charlotte said that. She didn't even ask him for money. I don't know. But he's the only one left, right? Delaney huffed frustrated. Why is anyone doing this? Nobody actually knows shit. Junior tried to kill me just because there was a chance I might get some of his money. But he didn't really know anything. You said Callaway Jr. owns owned that whole mountain and the valley. Do you think anyone knows about the wreck? Sherry stared out the window thoughtfully. We can check. Why? Because Delaney's right. Nobody really knows shit. I think it's about time we fix that. Here it is. It's a rush job, but it's accurate. Sherry took the package from Jasmine, then slid it over to Tara without looking away from her friend. 
I owe you one. The serious-looking nurse shook her head. We both know who owes who, Sherry. I'll never be able to really pay you back. Sherry looked down at the table. You don't owe me anything, Sarah. I just tried to do the right thing. There was a wordless exchange between them, something dark and heavy. Delaney caught it and looked at me. I shook my head at her. I didn't keep secrets from Sherry, and Sherry didn't keep them from me, but this obviously wasn't just her secret to keep. I knew she'd tell me if I needed to know. Tara ignored the whole exchange as she looked over the papers. Lawyers probably get real good at not seeing things. Couldn't use it in court, but we don't need it to. I'm going to Tiffany's, and we're going to have a serious talk with Mother about this. She's staying with Tiffany until she can get around on her own. Probably won't be very long. Tiffany isn't exactly happy with her. Can you get me a day or two? Junior is dead, Stein and his men are dead. We probably have a few days. I've put some one-inch boilerplate inside the record doors, seat backs, and floorboards, just in case anyone tries to get clever. We'd gotten what we needed when we visited the crash site. No bystanders or police had seen it, so we just had to pick through the wreckage. The Chiron really had held together better than anyone could have expected, at least the frame had. But Callaway hadn't held together very well. At all that I figured out his plan to stop us, though. He had a bright shiny stare August submachine gun with two full magazines of black-tipped M995 armor-piercing rounds. He wasn't planning on forcing us off the road, he was simply going to riddle us. There were more of the AUGs in the torn metal of the SUV. All new, and I suspected, all bought with the intention of killing Delaney. We'd quietly left the wreck. It was entirely invisible from the road, so I figured we'd have time. We stepped out of the brass antique elevator and just strode past the extremely efficient-looking secretary to the ridiculously expensive office. We ignored her protests, and she followed us on in, berating us in as professional a manner as possible. The room was enormous and lined with bookcases full of leather-bound law volumes. It was dominated by a massive teak desk. The man at the desk waved his nearly panicked secretary back. Everything is okay, Maureen. I've been expecting them. Please close the door and see that we are not disturbed. The old man stared at me with grim humor. Good afternoon, Mr. Dawes. I did tell Mr. Stein and his partner not to underestimate you. They didn't understand, of course. They've seen too many movies. They think special forces is just about being tough. I nodded. I do seem to remember a hell of a lot of physical training. But that's not what really works, is it? Willpower, of course, but adaptability and brainpower is where most of the cuts get made in this election process. Delaney crossed her arms impatiently. Why the fuck are you trying to kill me? He looked at her disapprovingly. Clearly, attempted murder didn't warrant rudeness and poor language. Darwin, Miss Dawes. Darwin. I think Mr. Dawes would understand. It's about natural selection. Survival of the fittest. I don't need you dragging my son down in some dramatic court battle over paternity. Whether you're his unintended offspring or not. He's fit, he's smart, and I intend for him to reach great heights. You simply aren't worthy of my name. I never wanted your name, asshole. I never wanted anything from you. I never fucking heard of you until this. That's immaterial, Miss Dawes, the potential was there. It would be tabloid fodder. It would make a mockery of what I've built here, of what I intend for Jason to achieve. I saw the corner of Delaney's mouth twitch upward. I chuckled, and Delaney shook her head trying not to laugh. So it was all for nothing. He stared at us, puzzled, until I pulled the sheaf of papers out of my back pocket and tossed it in front of him. What is this? A DNA test. 
You can buy the kits at any corner drugstore these days. We had to do this one a little more, unconventionally. I'd had to scrape bits of Jason Bradley Calloway off of the remains of his car. And... Delaney rolled her eyes. Jesus. Even I can understand that test. It says I'm not related to Junior, and that means I can't be related to you. She shuddered. Thank God. That'd be fucking awful. She stopped suddenly. This is like that bird movie. Bird movie? I had no idea what the hell she was talking about. Yeah. She nodded. The one with the trench coat guy, the creepy guy, and that old fat guy, the Maltese falcon? She squinted thoughtfully. That sounds right. I'm like that bird statue everyone was after. All that shit happened. People died and nobody even bothered to check if it was real. Obviously irritated, the old man picked up the papers and looked at them carefully. If this is accurate, then I have no further interest in you. He sat back, apparently convinced he had dismissed us. I looked at Delaney. You think we should tell him? Oh yeah, I want to see his face. I looked at the old man. You haven't heard from your son in a few days, have you? That's not unusual, he's his own man. He travels a great deal for his racing and other sports. Junior won't be continuing your legacy or anything else. He appears to have had a fatal accident. He stiffened up abruptly, face darkening, but I cut him off before he could speak. It seems he was concerned over Delaney's potential, but it was more centered on whether or not she was going to get some of your money than your legacy. Delaney figured out that it was either him or her, and that just didn't end well for him. Darwin, you understand. Survival of the fittest. He studied Delaney for a moment, and from her bitter proud expression, he knew I'd spoken the truth. I could see the shock etched on his, suddenly, much older face. I. He couldn't complete whatever he wanted to say. You can send somebody else after us, of course. Hire better people, make it interesting for us. But we'll be ready for them, and I promise you won't survive it, next time. I will burn everything you've ever built to the ground. I pulled a thumb drive out of my pocket and tossed it on his desk. And you might want to look at that before you make any decisions. Signed affidavits from a number of people regarding the way the men of your firm behave. Tara was more than a little put out by the plans you assholes made for her. There's even a couple videos on there. I'd appreciate if you would look at those in private after we leave. I don't want to expose my daughter to that shit. Charlotte hadn't wanted to, but Tara and Tiffany were coldly relentless. With her help and the passkey to her thumb drives, they found four more women and two young men, then convinced them that their only real hope for protection was to work with us. One of the men had managed to video one of the parties. The shock had turned Calloway pale, but he was a hard old man and he rallied quickly. That would child's play to defeat in court. I chuckled. Probably. I'm not a fucking lawyer, but you're probably right. Hell, I'll even take your word for it. So it won't be in court. It'll be in public. You'd make all the late-night talk shows. The firm you built, your name, would be just punchlines and off-color jokes. You'd be a laughingstock. A sad, dirty little joke. He studied me grimly. He knew I'd found his weakness. It's a fail-safe. Anything happens to any of us, or to anyone who helped us, it goes to a thousand different news outlets. You couldn't suppress them all. So I'd suggest spending the money searching to see if Junior left any little bastards laying around that you could turn into your heir. He'd have slept with a snake if the snake had low enough standards, so there's a chance there are a few little Calloways slithering around. That seemed to catch his interest. I had no doubt chasing some possible heir sounded like a much better choice than reaching his hand into the badger's den again. 
From everything Tara had said, he hadn't even really liked Junior. He just wanted that legacy that was so god-awful important to him. As we headed out, I hoped that Jason Bradley Calloway, Esquire, hadn't fathered any living spawn. Delaney looked down at her feet as we walked back towards Sally. She seemed more than a little down, so I elbowed her. So you're the Maltese Falcon? A smile quirked the corner of her mouth. Yeah, I guess I am, aren't I? We ought to watch that again. Tonight is movie night, you know. You know what that makes you? She looked up a touch puzzled. What? The stuff dreams are made of, kid. The stuff dreams are made of. My terrible bogey impression didn't bother her at all. She shot me a grin. She couldn't quite shake the foot-dragging mood. What the hell is wrong with me, anyway? Everybody keeps trying to kill me. The bigger question is what the hell is wrong with me? Why? I'm the only father you've had that hasn't tried to kill you. Yet. Yet? Just keep leaving that power sander out on the bench instead of putting it back, thud bunny. See what happens. Three weeks later the sheriff was sitting on the stairs to the office when we pulled in. You guys seem awful relaxed all of a sudden. By an odd coincidence, there was a report that a carload of Gold Shield security boys and their employer managed to fall off a cliff somehow in West Virginia. Looks like it happened a few weeks ago. Good to hear. Sounds like they should have been more careful. He nodded. They friends of Stein? Actually, no. They were all doing their own thing. He sighed. Jesus, you guys attract trouble. Delaney looked indignant. That whole Mookie thing wasn't about us. She popped open the right side toolbox on the roll back and began pulling out tools. And yet you still managed to step in it. Which brings me to the point of the visit. We had a visit by a couple of corporate security types. We got a lot of State Department pressure to let them have whatever they wanted. Big European pharmaceutical company. Hackman? Sounds right. Germans, I think. They weren't particularly friendly. They didn't seem to give a damn about the two dead guys but they sure as hell wanted to look that car over. Wouldn't do them much good. No, but I told them that one of the bodies had the remains of a package melted into their clothing. The security guys didn't seem unhappy that it had burned up after I explained that it tested positive for marijuana. He got up with a sigh. None of that shit makes sense. None of it. Two people dead. Hi, it's going to be on convalescent leave for six months. Over marijuana. I shrugged. Doesn't make any sense to me either. He started to walk to his Tahoe. I'll get your guns back to you in a couple days. He paused looking back. The coroner's report on the two dead guys is a little vague on just who shot them. If you read it wrong, it almost sounds like Hyatt put them down. I'd rather not have these pharmaceutical guys interested in you. Our damn morgue isn't big enough. I appreciate it. Hyatt deserves some kind of commendation. She chased them after they hit her, and she still tried to take them down. He nodded. I was kind of thinking that. He climbed into his Tahoe. You two stay out of trouble. Delaney watched him pull out of the yard, then put the last breaker bar to the side and looked into the tool case with dismay. Ugh. Dried mouse shit. Serves you right, you left the tacos in there, you clean it up. Bleck. Delaney wrinkled her nose in disgust and started to reach in with the whisk broom. Huh. Look at that. I peered over her shoulder, and we stood there silently for a moment. You know, it is Tuesday. She looked up at me with a grin. Twelve amazing tacos. Mookie looked up from the register as we walked in. He managed to turn even paler and stiffened up. Welcome to Taco Grande. May I take your order? I looked at him for a long moment. His hair had been cut down to almost a crew cut 
and the bruises covering the left half of his face were edged with dull yellow, slowly healing. A muscle twitched in his jaw. I nodded. Yeah, we'll take a big taco sampler and two large cokes. Yes, sir. He tapped on his register. That will be $11.92, please. I fished out twelve bucks and watched while he carefully made change and handed it back to me with the receipt. He turned with the slow care of someone sporting more than a few aches and pains, carefully counted the twelve tacos into a bag for us, then slid the bag across the counter to us with two cups. Will that be all, sir? I looked at Delaney and nodded to her then looked up at him. No. One more thing. Delaney slid her envelope across the counter to him. It's all we could find. This spilled out in the toolbox after the mice chewed it open. He looked at it in amazement, and I picked up where Delaney had left off. It's only about half an ounce of seed, you're not going to get rich any time soon off of it, but it's something. His lower lip trembled a little. They burned my place. All of it. You saw it. Delaney elbowed me. I sighed. I've got a used trailer for sale. I'll drop it right where your old one was next Saturday. I don't have any money. I held up the change in my hand. This looks like enough. He just stared at me in amazement. It's probably all bullshit, you know. There's no way it cures cancer. I doubt if it's any different than any of the other shit people are smoking. But somebody was willing to kill over it, so, just in case, I'd like to think somebody out there besides Hackman Pharmaceuticals was growing some. Just make sure you give away some of the seed, get it out there. He nodded, slowly and uncertainly as we picked up our bag and walked out. Delaney glanced back at Mookie through the window. You really think he'll do anything with it? I think so. Hell, he may be the best choice. He doesn't really want to be rich or powerful, he just wants to grow some good weed. He'll grow it and give a bunch out. Anybody else would try to get rich selling it to a big company. She wrinkled her nose. Kinda hard to picture him as a hero. I chuckled. Imagine his statue in front of the CDC. Mookie, hero and healer dot. I hope they have the taco grande hat on the statue. I can't fucking imagine it without. Delaney snickered. You owe a dollar. Damn it.